The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the great plain called the Caroline Grass. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. This is the Queens of Fantasy podcast, a podcast dedicated to deeply analyzing, discussing, and reading fantasy series alongside other readers. Each season of this podcast is dedicated to a specific fantasy series and or author, and this season we are discussing The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. The queens in this podcast include Marissa... myself, and Taylor. We are your guides and companions of your adventure through various fantasy worlds. And we, I can't do that again. No, no it's all good. <laughs> so We're going to use times. that one. We are here. <laughs> We're here. And Alex is laughing. <sighs> and Tay and I are holding it, holding it together. <laughs> I don't know. Are we? <laughs> Actually, you're holding it together better than I am. Uh, it's going to be, it might be a chaotic night. Alex friends. has definitely brought some energy in today. I don't know where this giggliness has come from. I'm just, um, I'm out of it. <laughs> just so excited to talk about books with your friends. <sighs> yeah, I am very excited. And I didn't even introduce myself. Like I just said, and myself. I'm Alex. Here we are. We're ready to go. <laughs> Alex, the one who is laughing. The one who's giggling and should be professional. In this, should she situation? Yeah, I don't know if we need to be professional. For Maybe this. you just need a strong, Maybe like some bearded. Some cracked ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say strong bearded man to you know like really show your place. Yeah, put me in my place. All right, all right, Perrin. All right, okay. Perrin. I don't know. I was picturing Tom for that one this time, but. Well, he did. He did slap in this one. That you know what? There's so much bad parent stuff. We I just like glossed over the the Tom slap, but that whole scene just very uncomfortable for me. The, the, I just uh, hated everything about it. Not to give away our lists at the end, but I feel like everyone just was just made a pact. Like all the characters got together, they were like, first one to the bottom wins, <laughs> and then they were just flying. We had slut shaming from Elaine, yeah. <laughs> which was. Wow. Out of nowhere. We had <laughs> Tom with the physical violence. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, Against his like ex-lover's daughter. Like, <laughs> basically like his potentially like surrogate child almost. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we have Perrin honestly keeping the status quo for himself. Yeah. Like he was, if I have to say anything, he was consistent or better than the last time. <laughs> yeah. That was a low bar and to start with. So that that's a low bar. Like the bar is underground (laughs) so like that's not saying a lot but also can i just say 
justice for Fael. Fael is the coolest person ever. I I have <laughs> I have the biggest crush on Fael. Like I am I think I'm in love with Fael oh, and I'm cool like she deserves better. Mm, she yeah. deserves someone. Parents has like one cute line and then the rest of it's just like There was wow, one scene. There was one scene and I was like, "Wow. <laughs> this makes me want to forget about all the domestic abuse between the two of you and the toxicity and the you know, wishing other ill will." Yeah. For yeah, no reason. Awesome. <laughs> Because it was cute. And then and then they went right back to it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So there is Taylor wrote our her summary this time. And it's it's a one line summary. And I'm I'm impressed I mean, that you kept it all to one line, truly. I don't really need the credit for it, but thank you. Anyways. <laughs> well, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> so we've got action in the two rivers, trollocs and unaccompanied peddlers in the waste, old friends and enemies and in Tenchico, and dangerous men in our dreams. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. That sounds like a Taylor Swift song. Dangerous men in our dreams. That should be a Taylor Swift song. I'm sure oh. it's a lyric somewhere. Should I like send that to her and be like, hey, wherever you can fit this in, you can have it. Yeah, maybe. Just just DM her. <laughs> and in case anybody is wondering where we are in the series, because I didn't even mention it at the start, I was too okay. chaotic. You're doing great. <laughs> you got through the intro after 10 minutes and we're happy about that. It only that. took me probably six tries to get through that. We are reading book four. So The Shadow Rising. So and far, the misogynistic leader of this series, yes, by the way. Yes, if, if we were ranking on misogynistic, misogynisticness. Just, I want to hear what word you were trying, like, uh, misogynisticness. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> a gold star for the misogynisticness. We're ranking on Let's on make scales, it sound magical. A misogyny scale. The misogyny, the misogyny scale, yeah. Shadow Rising is top. I feel, Jordan, so I feel like we've been talking about a lot about the misogyny in this one. And then they had a map in this section. And I was like, remember the last time he had a map? And there was just, <laughs> it was just not okay. Yeah. So I feel like the misogyny and the other ones were really, you were able to forget they happened because so many other things happened. And then this one, he's like, every page, I want you to know that women are awful. <laughs> Basically. Really laid on thick. Which he says actually multiple times. He's like, yeah. women, the Conniving. worst. Awful. <laughs> Crazy. So confusing. <laughs> Perrin cannot understand. It does not compute for Perrin. Anyways, okay, we read chapter 31 to the end of 44. That's where we're at now. So if you haven't read those, you're in the wrong podcast or, or maybe you're in the right podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get let's get right to it. You know, right, right, to, right to it. <laughs> sure. 45 minutes later. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so last section, we had just seen two warders, and it turns out they are Varen and Alana's warders. And Varen and Alana are hiding out in the two rivers in the sick house hiding spot, which I guess only Egwene's mom and like the women's circle knew about. That's why Bran Elvira didn't say anything. They came to the two rivers to find more girls who could channel because they were like, if Moraine found two, there's bound to be more of you here. And plus the three to be Giving whatever found. you do, Moraine, I can do better. Pretty much. And Varen, obviously we've met Varen before from book two. And Alana is from, I think we first see her we've in book three, right? We've seen her. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. She, she was, was the one. Hey, where did she show up first? She was there when Egwene was going into the novice or the accepted arches. Uh, she was the one who noticed. Was she one of the ones who trained them in the second one, though? No. Who trained them? I, I do believe she has a, a training session with them uh, when they were on their way. I feel like you're thinking of Anaya. One. Maybe. Who's Blue Aja. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> 
But so Alana, Alana's green, Aja. Yeah, she was the one who was like, oh, there's a weird frequency going on here. It's fine, though. I want to stay close to Egwene. Yeah, and then yeah. she wanted and then to she get was punished. Like, hey, punish me. <laughs> Slap me around She also a mentions, which... <laughs> I was just going to say, really some physical reinforces abuse. that like this might involve some of... I don't know if I want to say this. I'm going to say it because I said the beginning. <laughs> Some of Jordan's kinks. Like, I feel like some of these are very, like, heavy-handed with, like, he's like, ooh, that's hot. And I'm like, no. <laughs> don't choke Alex. Or I just killed Alex. <laughs> just don't do that when I'm about to take a sip of tea. <laughs> don't take a sip of tea when I'm about to make a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Alana Masavani. Masavani, I believe is how you say her last name. At least I like to say it because it's a fun last name to say. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. She had two warders with her, but currently only one. Which is I still did alive, feel bad which is very for sad. her here. She explains having to feel him die mm-hmm. and like every she can feel every arrow piercing him. And she does this because Perrin's being a dick to her. Mm-hmm. So he was like, uh, typical. You're, what like, a shock. Also, this, this was so giving. I know we're not playing that today, but I'm going to play it by myself. So this was so giving. What no, of Taylor's notes is it's giving? So don't worry. <laughs> this is so giving when a man is like, yeah, I don't believe you're actually that hurt. Or like a doctor's like, uh, your pain doesn't seem real. <laughs> Are you sure it's not and just And then you have to describe it in like traumatic levels of detail so that they'll be like, mm, maybe that's legit. Yeah. Although that sounds a little bit like way too much. And I don't believe you'd still be alive if you're going through that. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't like, be dramatic. <laughs> this, was, this was such a like Fayil's like trying to apologize for him. Yeah, yeah. And Fayil's he's like, getting, excuse you. He's, like more upset about that. He's like, how dare you? Yeah. Because Parrot basically talks to these eyes today like he knows everybody and he does not care that they're like supposed to be these like you know beings that are like have the honorific sedai after their name and like you yeah. like call them basically like rulers you're supposed to treat all them three that of way. these boys are so cool because they don't like the Aes Sedai and they don't honor the Aes Sedai and that is like so amazing there's like points where the other boys in the two rivers are like oh my god Perrin's just like talking to Aes Sedai like whoa wow he's so amazing he is so not like the rest of us (laughs) he is not like other girls (laughs) he really isn't he's not like other farm boys yeah and Perrin so Perrin they meet up with these two Aes Sedai they find out who's hiding there and Perrin is like we mentioned pissed about this because naturally Aes Sedai are always the big bad, and we cannot Which, trust them. They are also, manipulative. He notices that Alana is like the hotter Aes Sedai, <laughs> and so he feels more inclined to trust her. Oh, because he wants to trust her. Yeah. But Egwene told him that he shouldn't trust her. Yeah, and he thinks that might be advice. Might be advice worth taking. When did Egwene? Ever tell him that? I know that it says it in the book, but I'm trying to remember. I think it's just supposed to have happened off screen because Jordan didn't write it. Right, I guess. I've had to hear about where people's hands are in relation to their bosom, like every (laughs) chapter, but I haven't heard that conversation, so... Yeah, there's just, not privy to that knowledge. Thanks. This whole scene is just Perrin being like, "As said, I'm manipulative. Women are crazy. I don't understand also, women." Also, <laughs> the green Aja are just. I love boys. I'm just gonna say it again. They're just sluts to Jordan <laughs> because they're literally. She's literally like Perrin's being a dick to her, which like Jordan is just refusing to admit that Alana can acknowledge. And then she's like, "I don't know why the Amberlin seat let you go. I would tie a string to you." Like she's like, "No, it's okay." she didn't need to have this energy also if she is evil she has like the least 
subtle way of showing it. <laughs> She's like, hey, I'm up to no good. Yeah, Fayil is like un- unimpressed with his disdain for Aes Sedai until Alana starts like looking at Perrin too long and then she's like, mm, back off. that's obviously because the only way naturally... women can like agree with your decision also is if they're jealous. So mm-hmm. it's still an irrational decision. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. We get like a bunch of, well, little bits of info about the Aes Sedai too. Like I'm just reading your note here, Taylor, about like apparently like the white Aja has like some sort of weird like breeding plan <laughs> and they're discussing it. They think that they've pretty much called the yeah, power, the channeling yeah, power true. out of humanity by gentling all the men who can channel. Now they're not having babies to make more channeling women for the Aes Sedai. So the whites are like, hey, maybe we should low-key breed gentled male channelers with Aes Sedai okay. to like make which, more which- baby Aes Sedai. I will say... For the, I don't like this situation, but for the Aja, the whites are like the, like, they have no feeling logic above all, like, Aja. So, like, I can see that that would be the plan that at least that Aja would come up with. You know what I mean? Like, if. I just think Jordan could have ridden women, like, they weren't (laughs) desperate to have children. Must have babies. I get the, like, point of this, but this is also, like, a heavily, like, I was just very reminded of, like, religious ideology of, like, you have to procreate. That's what this gave me. Mm. So I was, like, a little, it's like, I feel like the religion's peeking through again. This gave me a little handmaid's tale energy. Yeah. Except. Also, this is, if they go through with this plan, this is very, very salty. Uh, this I'll is just tell not... you right now, they do not go through this plan. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> this plan is, because I'm understanding, like, the gentled men have, like, no will to live. No. Like, yeah. they don't, like, that's, they have no ability to give consent, in my opinion, because they don't have, like, desire to do anything anymore. They would just be raping these men yeah that's pretty much it they would be chaining them and raping them and then having their babies and not allowing them contact with the children which also is just like so we're all for like realism and fantasy when it's like women being abused and stuff but then when a male author comes along and he's like what if we had the women be abusive towards the men i'm like so like this there's no like historical context for this. <laughs> like, there's no historical context for this group of women to chain up men like spiritually or like magically and force them to have their children. It's just uh, it's just Jordan. Just, this is just here it is. <laughs> which I'm actually like I'm relieved to hear us you say it doesn't happen. But then I was like, why did we have to sit through this conversation? Yeah, I don't know why it's 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 here. I don't know. I think it's couldn't just- couldn't give me a line about a Gwen warning parent at all about <laughs> But instead we learned Alana, the, but yeah. there's a breeding plan. Yeah. It, there's a breeding plan that doesn't I had come to up, hear about in detail. To my knowledge, this does not happen in the series. So <laughs> What a relief. It's just a, you know, (laughs) it's there for for the fun, I guess. I don't know. For the fun. (laughs) She also goes up to Perrin, Alana does, and heals him, much to his stress and annoyance. But also, like, I don't (laughs) know. She doesn't really ask. Like, drinking game. Take a shot every time one of these boys gets injured and then complains about somebody healing them. Yeah. Even though they're, like, not doing great. (laughs) Yeah. And then she, like, off, because he's clearly, like, I don't know not okay with it and she's like don't worry i'm not gonna bond you that's not something that i would do basically and i don't know where parent even like got the thought that that's 
what she was going to do. But anyways. Oh, from his little perfect misogyny brain. <laughs> and then, and then he, also, he says, by the way, he says, I don't need to be pretty because she's like, oh, it's going to leave a scar. And then Vail's like, who told you that? <laughs> Which I was like, yeah, that's just kind of funny. And then Alana like smiles with her. And I was like, I thought these two women hated each other, Jordan. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, we oh can my share God, a secret smile. Look at how hot he is. <laughs> That's the only thing women are friends about. Naturally. Then we have Tam and Abel Cawthon showing up. So Tam is obviously Matt's, no, not Matt's dad, Rand's dad. And then Abel Cawthon well, is Matt's dad. Not, not his dad, but his dad. Yeah, right. Sorry. His, his foster dad. It's a dad. big conflict point. <laughs> they show up and then Perrin takes them outside to have a chat because he wants to be away from Aes Sedai. And he tells them, like, they ask about their kids and he's like, oh, Matt's kissing all the girls. And Abel's like, oh, what a... What a what a good boy. <laughs> He's got That's this like weird boy. proud dad boy yeah. moment. Or boy dad moment. And I was like, mm, gross. And Tam kind of notices that like Perrin maybe doesn't share all of the information about Rand, but we just move along. He's not like pushing anything. They do know that the boys are Taviran, though. They've been told yes, that much. They do know that. They don't know that Rand is the dragon. Yeah. And Perrin I guess Perrin doesn't tell Tam because like that would be basically telling him like your son's gonna die but i don't know i i think Perrin has felt like two there's brain no cells and one and a half of them are dedicated to misogyny and half of the brain cell didn't think maybe to tell the father <laughs> of the guy about anything yeah. i don't think the thought occurred to him to actually tell him it mentions that he's like oh i won't i don't know he says something about how he like isn't gonna tell him that because yeah it's and that was like, the most his brain okay. could handle like that we could just share information, thought. but whatever. No, no, share thought bad. No, bad. That is bad. Equals bad. And they shoot a raven in this situation here. Like there's a raven that pops up and they kill it. Perrin wants to go see the White Cloak camp as he wants to rescue the prisoners from Emmons Field. And Tam and Abel are like, okay, good luck, but I guess we'll show you. And then and then we get the White Cloak POV. Well, we also, we have Perrin being upset because Varen's like watching him. Yeah. Like she's studying him essentially is kind of what it's implied. Which is her job. Like, yeah. Perrin. How dare she? <laughs> Don't look at me. She should be having children. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All the babies. But he, you know, he's like, oh, he's like clearly distressed by this. And I, Fahil comes up to him and she's like, hey, she's not going to harm you. Very clearly like going to defend him too. Like there's a whole passage about her eyes. And then he says, he goes, Perrin blinked. She meant to protect him against Aes Sedai. He was never going to understand her or know what to expect next. She was about as confusing as Aes Sedai sometimes. What? I don't understand what about I don't this under is confusing, Perrin. Zero- Can somebody explain it to me? Because <laughs> I, I... If I you don't, don't understand, it. she loves him and she wants to protect him. <laughs> it's pretty clear. <laughs> She's as confusing as the Aes Sedai, who yeah. we hate. I don't... Yeah. There's so much of this is parent being like, I don't understand. Also, Women are crazy. <laughs> this this line just gave me the ick. It was <laughs> Fael like goes to argue with him and he waves a hand at her and then zip it, woman. Yeah, it goes, her obedience surprised him. Ew. And I was like, 
I am so uncomfortable with the fact that you refer to this as obedience. Gross. <laughs> I don't like it. That's gross. Another, Fayil rose to follow Perrin, shook his head at her, and amazingly, she sat back down. He wondered if she was ill. Yeah, I honestly, I was running short on orange tabs, and my new order of orange tabs hadn't come in yet. Mm. And so I was I was being very careful about what I used my orange tabs on, and that one I was like, it's not as bad as other things. <laughs> so if I missed a few in this one, it's strictly because the other section took so many orange tabs. I do think at one point he compares her to a cat, I think. Maybe it's oh, another he... boy comparing her to a different cat. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to move on. And then we have this story about, you know, two rivers people weren't used to killing. Some years ago, a woman had murdered her husband because oh. she wanted another man to marry her. That was the last time anyone had died of violence in the two rivers. Yes. You know, all those you know cute... when women kill their husbands you so know... that they can marry someone else? <laughs> you know you know all those cute little rural towns where women are treated so nicely and are never murdered or, or beaten or anything like that? That never happens. Never, ever. There's realism in my fantasy world, but also only when women kill men because that's how it happens. Yeah, I... I read that and I was like, ah, Marissa's gonna have thoughts about this. (laughs) It's just unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Again, it was very similar to like the White Tower taking Min in and being like, oh, so silly. So silly that she would want to hide from two guys. But I was just like, okay, this is the last time something violent happened in your community? Mm, Yeah. Okay, sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I totally believe you. Yeah. It's the last one that maybe was significant because a man doing that to a woman. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's actually a fair point. Maybe that didn't make the news. Yeah. Even better. (laughs) All right. And then we move to the white cloaks, (laughs) which I'm not in any rush to get to. But here we are. So we've got Dane Bornhalds. And he's like, just like so proud of his own camp. Like his own camp is like the best camp there has ever been. Like it's so neat and orderly. And disgusted with Fane's camp. Stinky, dirty (laughs) camp. Absolutely (laughs) horrified. dirty the the tents aren't even in a line he hates it and yeah he's like i don't know watching patrols <laughs> i didn't pay attention to he, okay he doesn't he, like fane he's very so you know, su- suspicious of he's fane. this was his third patrol to be attacked in force not a chance encounter not happening on trollocs killing and burning but meeting a planned attack and it's only his patrols that are getting attacked so he's like what's going on with that and also the men that he sends along with Fane are the only ones that come back dead. Yes. Which is, again, not suspicious in the least, I suppose. He does talk to Fane, who's still going by Ordith at this point, when he comes back from a foray to the south. And that's when he you know, hears that two more of his men, the two that he sent with Fane to see like what he's doing on these trips, were killed by quote unquote Trollocs, but no one else was even injured. So Bornhald confronts him and is kind of like, I am noticing this, sir. Like he knows what's going on. Yeah. Ordeath, aka Fane, is like, oh, I don't know. We just get attacked and they just tragically died. You know, they went out first and they tried to protect us and and they died. I don't know what to tell you. Bornholm's like, yeah, okay, bud. Dane's well, like, why he, am I stuck with this psycho? He like strikes him at one point. Oh, too. yes, he does. Yeah. He punches him or yeah. slaps him or something. Lots of that going Struck around. across the face. Yeah. With with his gauntlet. Oh, yes. Ooh, yeah. That's going to be a, quite the, the wound. <laughs> 
And he also makes a comment that he covered for Ordith on what happened at the Ibarra farm, Perrin's family's farm. So it wasn't Trollocs like Perrin was told. It was mm-hmm. Pat and Fane going in. Dun, dun, dun. And he does say like, oh, I should have held back at the farm. Then I could have still used these people, but it just got carried away. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, oh darn. <laughs> I killed them all. He is like comically Oopsie. suspicious in this scene. Like he's like actively sounding like he's going insane as Bornhold is trying to talk to him and Bornhold is like, like, why am I stuck with this crazy person? Yeah. <laughs> he does seem to like, kind of also be going like off the Dark One's script a little. Like he's kind of doing things maybe not even that the Dark One would want. Like capturing a fade and torturing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we see fancies. Fane go back to his tents and he has an actual fade chained to something and yeah being tortured and he just has it there and he's making bargains with it i believe in book one moraine mentions that he's like worse than a dark friend because he's gone through the ways and he went through shadow logoth too so like all of that did he go through shadow logoth yeah he did but he was also taken to shale ghoul and like tortured there to like become this creature that could hunt rand and then he went through shadow logoth got worse, went through the ways, got worse. He's just a... Yeah. So he's he's really not, not human anymore. He is no. something else, that's for sure. He also took Matt's dagger for like a hot minute and got connected to that yes. and hasn't had it now for a book yes. and a half. And is still alive, though, so... Maybe he's beyond death at this point. Yeah, he's looking looking he, rough, I'm sure. How uncomfortable did it make you when it was described like as he's torturing the Murdral, he makes it sweat. Yeah. Ew, like yeah. that just felt wrong. I feel like yeah. it shouldn't sweat. <laughs> I feel like it shouldn't sweat. I feel like it should feel like an eggshell texture. Yeah, that's how I've been imagining them. And like, so oh, when been, it was like sweat. I've been imagining like dry skin. Yeah, but the sweat just, just like yeah, it. Ew. I was like wrong, <laughs> incorrect. Don't like. Yeah, you know you're bad when. Yeah, and so I apologize. The next chapter is when all the stuff with Fael happens. Oh, the lovely, yeah. this lovely I situation. Little, I got a little ahead of myself. Don't worry, it's sprinkled all throughout. So really, you're it's not just, wrong. It's just peppered in there, so it's all good. <laughs> Wanted to really get it in there. It's like, not to reference Friends again, like we did last episode, but when Rachel and Ross are having their like she's big like, fight, and you... she's like, can you just chop up the anchovies and put them right, right in the right sauce? In the, right, right there in the sauce. <laughs> that's, that's all that's just cool. like really in there. <laughs> yeah, actually, that is how I feel. I'm like, I'm not that I want to be Ross in that situation. <laughs> I'm not contextually Ross in that situation, but I am. I was like, Ross in the moment. I was like, it's okay. I'll just pick them out. And it's like, no, we're just going to chop them right there and put them in the sauce. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I guess I'm suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. All right. So Perrin and his party. Because it's his party now. Yeah. He's the leader because mm-hmm. he's Tavirin, even though he doesn't want to admit that. They travel towards wa- towards Watch Hill. Alana and Loyal stay behind. And he makes like a weird comment about Alana like smiling at him. He's like, haha, I don't have to come back for my pack horses, you crazy lady. <laughs> like, okay. And he, yeah, he sets Loyal. crazy one here. He sets Loyal to watch her. It's like. Hey, loyal, yes. like, let me know what she does. Obviously, all the women in this book are bad because they use people. In other news, <sighs> Perrin uses loyal. Loyal gets used <laughs> by everyone. Poor loyal. Loyal? I hate to say it like this, 
Tay because I also really love Loyal, but Loyal is a plot device. I was going to say, Loyal's a pushover in the scene for sure. <laughs> he's a plot device 110% of the time. Poor like, loyal. he is. Jordan was like, I need somebody to just be here. Yeah, so let yeah, me just like loyal. a side Take my best character and I'm going to yeah. give them this role. Yeah. Okay. He is the side sidekick, yeah. So Loyal's watching watching Alana staying behind. He's very sad that he has to stay behind, but he agrees. And they stop at this farm along the way that Tam says like they're friends. And Perrin notes as they're riding up that there's like way too many people at this farm. It's basically like a I wrote convent. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just like all the people from the smaller farms have conjugated at this one big yeah. farm just because it's like a little bit safer. Jack Alcine, the like man of the farm, he took in some other families because like one lost their farm. The Trollocs have been like burning the farms and stuff out in like the country. So it would make sense if like some people have lost their farms to Trollocs or things like that. Yeah, he took in his cousin Wit's people because the farm was too close to the Westwood and Flan Lewin's people after their farm was attacked. So it's like three big farm country folk families in this one farm. And this is where we meet uh, Will Alcine, which we've heard before briefly, like way back. Uh, I think it's book one where Perrin compares Aram to Will Alcine, actually, because all the girls look at Will. It's a little cutie. <laughs> and uh, Fayil makes eyes at Will Alcine, and Perrin is jealous of this. If she wanted to smile at Will Alcine and blush at Fool Lord, she could. She could make an idiot of herself <laughs> any way she wanted, gawking at every man who came along. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Perrin, this is just like the worst, not the worst thought he's had, but it's not a great thought for Perrin. Perrin sees a girl that he like could have potentially married or he had seen himself marrying one day. And he's like, wow, dodged a bullet. She's a mom now. She's ugly. Good thing I wasn't here to marry her. Like basically that's his word for word thought. She used to be skinny. Thank goodness I didn't marry her now then. Now she's plump, but too plump for me. <laughs> We also have him notice, because this is all parents' POV, everyone's like looking at the Aes Sedai, and he was like, oh, you know, Varen was plump and plainly dressed. She might have been another farmer's wife. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I need just open thesaurus. Anything but plump. Anything. I might need you to just burn out the sections, actually, that have anything to do with plump, because I don't trust you with them. But also, can we use another word? No. No. Because you can't say what you want to say, can you? (laughs) Yeah. And Perrin comes over to Fayil when she's looking at Will and, like, puts his arm around her. He's, like, marking his territory. Puts his other hand on his axe. He's like, yeah. What's up, Will? Like, oh, yeah, he's going to kill this guy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Perrin explains to the families at this farm why he's wanted by the White Cloaks because at first they're kind of like, uh, get out of here, dude. And he says, yeah, he admits to basically killing mm-hmm. White Cloaks at one time. And I can't remember what they even react to. Well, that's where they say, I can see where you wouldn't like want to say that. People around here aren't used to violence. Remember when that one woman killed her husband? That was really weird. <laughs> that's so, such a weird situation. <laughs> And then Varen comes in and is like, the children of light will basically make you guys try to hate each other. And like, that's what they do. Yeah. Varen like tried to defend him here and Perrin's probably like, what's she up to? He doesn't have that active thought, but I I think it's there. I'm sure. (laughs) I would guess. 
Yeah. yeah. Then he like immediately brings up Fane and is like, hey, it's yeah. a dark friend. Remember him, that peddler? And they're all like, what do you mean? How do you, why would you think he's a dark friend? Or it's like easy for you to say. Yeah. He's like, no, he's literally a dark friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, Tay, uh-huh. I see your note in here. What a call. Good call. Okay. <laughs> the note in question is that I think Fayil is Saldean royalty. And hmm. I had that thought in a previous section. It's all in the things she's been saying about her father. She's like, oh, my father did this. Oh, my father did this. And she keeps kind of changing her story. I was like, I don't I don't think you're as simple as you're leading us on to think Fayil. I'm not falling for it. But I didn't say anything. So you can't actually no, you're credit it. me for that. But I did see it. There it is. Yeah. Fayil is basically, she's the cousin to the Saldean queen uh, at the point and her husband husband her father is like the general of the army basically so she's she's not next in line but like she's up there with the royal she's in the family family for sure yeah and then we get our our famous lord luke showing up and he's very much not the vibe according to perrin <laughs> perrin is like this guy is a condescending a-hole <laughs> Russell, you do recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. In other people, not himself. Cool. But Perrin has to show him up by convincing everybody on the farm to abandon it. Which he he literally, it seems like from this POV, like he comes out of this plan, like he's given it zero thought. And then he's like, I have to say something. <laughs> yeah, like I can't let this guy run the show. <laughs> I mean, it's a smart plan to be fair, but he it does like come out of nowhere here where he's like abandon your farm your family's farm go to emmons field where like maybe we can actually try to defend ourselves or at least be safer and his end goal is to hunt trollocs so i guess he's just like i don't know go somewhere where i don't have to deal with you (laughs) kind of yeah and uh he also he has just like this awful comment and uh, no i don't want to give him the credit for trying to like sway people but he goes farms can be rebuilt but can you rebuild that and then he points at the baby that could have been his i'm like dude (laughs) chill out you do not need to bring this child into things like calm down bud gosh i was really upset with that comment i mean he's not technically wrong he isn't but i was just like it is aggressive (laughs) his point was pretty much already made yeah like you just told people that you've like killed white cloaks and now you're like what this baby might die like okay chill out buddy but they listen to him and they're like yeah no you're right and uh lord luke is like all right (laughs) i wrote boy bye lord luke is like okay i'm out of here and fail tells perrin in this like weird like fast voice that she shouldn't have tried to make him jealous what's this communication shocking and also he's so stupid stupid yeah he's so just she- so stupid in this scene he's just i just want to punch him <laughs> she apologizes for trying to make him jealous with will and trying to make him jealous with L- lord luke and then he's like oh i'm so sorry for my emotional abuse and she's like okay i'll well, take it he into also, consideration just before this he's like thinking <laughs> It was good she thought Will was boyish. If he tried to grow a beard, it would probably be straggly. And I was like, this. I am so much cooler than you, Will, because I I have a beard. beard. (laughs) And I was like, I feel like this is like maybe legit a little bit of a guy's thought, but I was like, wait, like you're not. Hello, someone is speaking to you. <laughs> like three chapters ago, Perrin, you were annoyed with your beard. So. Yeah. Also, what she says is because he says, like, I'm, I said things I shouldn't have. And she said, you said some things that need to be forgiving. And then she's like, and I was like, I really don't think this is what Jordan. But if I was writing this series and I wrote that line, I would mean you also did some things that yeah. you need to apologize for. Mm-hmm. Like there was 
there was some action you could have also included in that. It wasn't what just what you said. Yeah, it was the things you did. And then he instantly goes to like being confused again. Yeah. He's just he's just befuddled. Women he is, equal confusion for Perrin. He is discombobulated. <laughs> he is he is shocked Pikachu face at every time a woman says a word to him. He doesn't understand what it means. Like, hi, how are you, Perrin? I don't know what that means. You're clearly trying to. Use oh my god, me. I'm so confused. <laughs> I do think that Fayil has been acting strange this section, not in the way that like Perrin is thinking that that she's like straight up sick for listening to him. Um, but I'm wondering, is she just like taking the advice Marin Egwene? I think so. Yeah. Mom? I think that's what's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because she, he even like he's trying to do it too. Yeah, like so by letting her come like, with him like, to the White Cloaks. That like, so they're both like pretending to be kind of a little bit nice to each other. Nice to each other, I guess. and it's all like <laughs> fake and ulterior but also, motives. Like, yeah, they're all they're yeah, both pretending much. to listen to each other. Was the vibe I was getting? I was like, I don't think Fael's actually a bad person, but like she's coming off real, real not sense. great yeah i think this couple Again, is just the most toxic. They bring out the worst in each other <laughs> yeah not good we also so before that conversation happens varian says hey alana yeah be bad sus. news <laughs> watch out and i was like and- i wrote my notes don't worry varian he's got that down <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, but he he does have this like the way it was written where every time he saw her, he was like less sometimes suspicious of her than like Varen. And I'm like, Varen is actively like, hey, I'm in- like you seem to be an interesting person to study. Like I want to be around you so I can like see what happens. Hey, yeah, Varen's just and like, then he's wow, like mm-hmm. really cool to see a Tavira. Take a note. I don't know about that. You're sus. I like that she just pulls out her book wherever and she's just like writing her notes. But in we it. also get this idea that potentially and I took this as like somebody might try to make you like a warder or something like tie you to them in a very committal way. way yeah that because to have a taverin around you while you're trying to make plans happen and them going for that plan could potentially sway that plan to work mm-hmm. even if it like shouldn't have and so that is something that I was on the lookout for does what you did you work it is foreshadowing of some I mean sort? it's definitely foreshadowing of some sort I thought it was going to come up when he gets injured much later I thought Alana was going to extort some things out of him she doesn't spoilers <laughs> and I was like anyone's wondering <laughs> I was like cool so when is this going to happen because I'm probably not going to be happy with Jordan when it happens because it's going to happen in a really shitty way and make all the women look silly. Mm. But anyway. He's basically saying that that there's a lot of designs in the White Tower. Like there's a lot of different women there with a lot of different plans. No one can work together. They might not all be evil plans, but plans. People are going to try to use you. Mm-hmm. which shocker whoever heard of a nice that using someone who's been saying that the entire time every single man that we faced whoever um, they were right hey we were we were wrong and they were right we were so silly <laughs> so just silly, silly little girl <laughs> i mean whoever thought of like someone using someone else to like get what they want parent hey like parents never done that <laughs> no he didn't totally make loyal come all the way to two rivers just because he wanted to walk in the ways <laughs> write your book loyal go away <laughs> yeah. like loyal just disappears too when yeah. he's not plot convenient anymore he just goes and then he's like oh this reading at least rand in his head is like wow i really got to use all of these people <laughs> 
I don't remember if Perrin thinks that too, but like at one point Rand is like, I really have to use everybody. Yeah. All right. Perrin leads the crew towards the White Cloak camp. The people that they've told to leave also are like, like yeah. some of them didn't want to leave back to Emmonsfield yet. Emmonsfield or Emmonsfield. And so they came along. Yeah. To essentially like help. So some of the boys from the camps, not the so camp, Will comes some of the along, boys, yeah. much to parents like <laughs> total happiness. <laughs> They've chosen to go with his crew, so he's basically like, collecting and soldiers. they're all so silly, and they're all such silly little boys that they're being loud. And parents getting pissed off about this, so he says, "It's like I'm such an adult." He's like the older brother. Oh, but he just does it in his own little parent's way he goes this is not a game and it isn't a bell time dance you do what you're told or else you go back home i don't know what use you are anyways and i have no intention of getting killed because you think you know what you are doing now line up and shut up you sound like the women's circle meeting in a wardrobe because <laughs> oh, women always gossip and, and i was like what does chatty. that even mean? in a closet in a closet also, naturally i was like the women's circle runs your town <laughs> I I feel like I'm I guess I'm not supposed to take them as seriously like I feel like this is my problem with a lot of the world building of Jordan is I'm like oh this is cool like they have like the women's circle and they're actually like really powerful and then all the men are like yeah women's they're circle. so silly and useless and I hate them and I'm like so I'm just coming at this being like oh that was really cool when my I feel like my reaction should have been oh, that's so annoying yeah pretty much. Also, notably, like, Perrin's, like, the the older brother that just came back from college, and he's like, oh, my gosh. You guys wow. don't know anything. <laughs> Did you miss me? <laughs> Perrin having to deal with boys who are there for an adventure and don't really want to listen and are doing things that maybe aren't, you know, the smartest and most How's convenient to Perrin? his plan. Gosh, crazy. <laughs> How the turntables. What? Yeah. So but we're allowed to be upset about it because he's a man. Mm. He is male and we were following a woman before so we were supposed to be suspicious of her <laughs> so they scope out the white cloak camp and this like rescue is like so easy i felt like they just kind of like walk Again, in and grab the them white and they walk out are npcs <laughs> yeah, literally are npcs honestly. like every time they go up against the white cloaks and then they describe their like stupid little like circuits yeah. i'm like this is just a video game like literally <laughs> this is just you watch it until you realize the pattern and then you're like hey i have to be at this point when this guy gets there and then when he moves there i can run behind this and then when he's there i can go over there and then i can take that and then i go over there and then once i get here i can sound the alarm because i can get out and it's fine because we'll get away and you know like it'll get to the cut scene before they catch me so it won't count like yeah. that's what it was the guards are basically like on like a track and they just stare straight ahead yeah like a they don't even track. look <laughs> to the left or right you could just the stand there guards like, again, of all time like what? legit tay you play some video games yeah yeah have you like the ones where they like have they show their field of vision <laughs> yeah. you know like the guards and stuff and like you can see if you're about to enter their field of vision like that's the white cloaks like literally parents like standing right beside one being like haha you can't see me <laughs> can't catch me <laughs> but they do get spotted by one who just like yes. shoves Fayil down and then like goes to choke out Perrin Tries to strangle Perrin wonder how that feels Perrin uh, Fayil rescues him yeah <laughs> oh, because and then we get this nice little line about how this man is so misogynistic and he didn't think Fayil was capable of anything but she's actually a boss so she you know he should have taken down her and Perrin's like how could he be so stupid and I'm like how could you like I just I want to shout so they do they scope out the camp to rescue them that night and Perrin is like okay here's who's gonna go where we're all gonna sneak in and he looks over at Fayil and Fayil's like just staring at him and he's like 
oh, I guess I got to bring her with me. It's like, <laughs> so fine, then stay she close. comes with him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they managed to get to the tent with the Emmitsfielders. Like, he actually they get says, attacked once. by the way, he says, you will stay close to me. I want to rescue prisoners, not leave another behind. Yeah. This girl has protected your back during a battle before. Like she can And then hold he's her like own. this guy, so silly for not thinking Fail is dangerous. Dude, I am You don't think Fail is dangerous. <laughs> I want to rip this book in half sometimes. <laughs> also, like we find out later that Fail's literally been trained by the Queen of Selia's like main swordsmaster guide. Like she <laughs> She's not helpless. She is not a porcelain figurine. Yes, she's mentioned that That's before. That's what she says. He did not think I was worth worrying about beyond knocking down a fool, Perrin whispered back, but a strong one. Yes. And I was like, cool, I just want to throttle you, but okay. <laughs> well, he almost got throttled there. Mm. So Varen, they get back and he turns to Varen. He's like, can you do anything? <laughs> and Varen's like, well, it might rain. So hopefully that helps I you. Mean, <laughs> just one more thing. Files saves him again. He's about to get a spear like through him and she like is it when they're like rescuing the horses or they're getting the horses it says Fahil had saved him from being strangled and now she saved him from a spear through his liver for someone who's supposed to be leading a rescue he was making a fine showing of it so far I was like no comments on like maybe whatever I'm done her with knife it. throwing it's skills fine. her fighting skills anything so they make a break for it and then this is when Perrin asks Varen to do something and she makes it rain <laughs> to allow them to hide their escape so Perrin and the boys go off to draw the white cloaks away and they just like yell and they're also hunting Trollocs at this point. I, I was like, this is really fast. Your plan is happening very quickly. And Fayil and the Aiel and the rest of the crew go to a place to hide. And that is where we end with Perrin's story for now. Thank God. We can move on. <laughs> Then we are back with Rand and Matt. So they make it back to the Aiel camp and Kuladin, he gets fired up that his brother is not back and he wants to throw hands with Rand. Actually, he wants to throw spears. <laughs> Bear runs down and gets Rand to show off both of his dark marks and Rand really expects cheering in a crown, but everybody just kind of looks at him like he's crazy. He's like literally in his head. He's like, this is not what I expected would happen. And everybody's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> we'll move on. He's got dragon tattoos now, both his arms. And normally when you're a clan chief, you're just marked with one, but he is twice marked. Crazy, where have we heard that before? Yeah. Sorry. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> twice and twice he will be marked. So it is not Matt. It no, is Rand. It is Rand. <laughs> that would have been cool if it was Matt though. See? So this is why when Taylor said that, I was like Can't be. <laughs> love Couldn't the happen. Idea. <laughs> it's wrong. And I'm so sorry that it's wrong because okay. there's so many prophecies. Wouldn't it have been so cool if it was actually talking about each of the boys? Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many prophecies. Like, we could have had, like, three main ones. And, like, it was all suggested that it was, like, one person. Mm -hmm. But it was actually, like, three stuff. You know how cool that would have been? Yeah. <laughs> Jordan? That would have been really cool. Just, just saying. But let's idea. just overpower Rand. No, Rand is all of the things. He is Jesus. Yeah. The the two the two tatties make him the Karakarn. Yes, Karakarn. The chief of chiefs for the Aiel. He who comes with the dawn and the dragon. I just love how Jordan was like, he's like a chief, but better. <laughs> the chief of the chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Like Although later on he's like to Avienda, that's no way to talk to the Karakarn. And Roark is like, no, it's dude, you're not a king. <laughs> yeah, they're like, not really how this works. It's not really how that works. Anyone can talk to a chief. It, you're fine. Lan is stressed because Moraine is not back. And we find out it's been seven days. And this stresses Rand out even more. Because 
because he's like, no, I just lost seven days. I have to move fast. They can't know what I'm doing. He's also weirdly occupied with why Moraine went in there. Yeah. And he's like, clearly this is all a trap for me that she's laying. Like, in his head, I'm sure she took the full amount of days. Like, she was just sitting by the the gate and she was like, ah, this is going to show Rand. (laughs) Yeah, he's forcing her to wait or she's forcing him to wait naturally. Maureen and Avienda, neither of them are back yet. And the wise ones do mention like no one comes back after 10 days and it's been seven. So that's that's a little more why Lan is stressed. <laughs> I yeah, get and Lan notably... being stressed. Like Lan, also we find out that they had to essentially tie him down with the power because he was just like not He's like ha- I'm going. <laughs> he was going to go in there and they had to tie him down with the power which so that he is would. Which he should be doing because he's a warder. Yeah. He should have yeah, gone no, in there. He's... Oh, yeah, I'm hot, honestly. Hot. <laughs> like... But no, she has to go naked and alone and <laughs> naked and afraid. Figure out some <laughs> stuff is, and they come back. Naked and afraid. <laughs> It would make sense that they haven't necessarily gone back. Although they, they didn't go through the same thing Rand did. I'm actually no. not 100% sure what Maureen but was supposed to go through. But they just call it the rings. Also, they gained similar knowledge. Because when they come back... Avienda, like, knows. Avienda knows what's up. Uh, potentially. She so did not similar, go through the but same maybe thing. maybe not the same Yeah, she didn't thing. go through what he went through. She went through a similar thing to what, like, Egwene and Elaine and Nynaeve. Yeah, wanted. but she gained knowledge about her people. Potentially. Yeah. Well, it's no, okay. It, it says, says that. It <laughs> says that from Rand's perspective. Rand yeah. is thinking that's what she gained, right? Because he assumes she went through to go to that thing as well. He wasn't sure why. But then later he's like, oh, she was becoming a wise one. I thought Moraine's like said something. The way the wise ones work is they go through like the basically accepted type yeah, test no, no, first. Yeah, no, I understand that. Because I know he mentions that he's like, oh, I like Avienda because I know why she hates me. And then like she gets up there and she like glares at him and he's like Ugh, great she just found out what i found out so that's why she hates me yeah that's yeah i thought maureen said something too but i didn't and when she's in the the tent yeah, the naked tent which we will get to the naked tent first off we gotta learn about rand's family because they bring him into the tent and they tell him a story about his parents and you mean she i eel <laughs> yeah she i eel she i eel she i eel i guess is she woman I yell. That is great. The there. I'm glad we put three thoughts into her name. So she was a wetlander woman who becomes a maiden of the spear and they tell him a story about like how they found her and she told them her name was Shail, which meant something I think it was like the extra dedicated or woman who is dedicated oh of course woman who is dedicated and she'd been giving did they tell her like she'd been given a foretelling or something yeah so she was told that if she didn't find essentially the Jatara Moroso yeah she would die disaster would befall her land and her people perhaps the world unless she went to dwell among the maidens of the spear. Yeah. She must become a maiden and could not return to her own land until the maiden had gone to Tarvalon. Yes. The person who gave her the foretelling was the same who had the foretelling of the dragon reborn. They weren't at the same time, but that is just the name we've heard before. She died after the dragon one, so. Yeah. And she would have to go to the waste to become a maiden. She did, and then she got pregnant. It mentions, too, that, like, she had to leave a child. So, like, they mentioned that she talked about how she had left a child behind to follow this prophecy, because Rand's like, oh, I have a brother. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> And she had a baby. I'm sure, that's not good for you. His dad's name was Jandun. 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 I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Rand's dad. She went with the maidens to fight in the Aegil War, even though she was pregnant. She was not supposed to do that, but that is why she ended up on the slopes of Dragon Mount, giving birth and 
died there. And then he was so upset that he couldn't forbid her from going to fight. Yeah, that he went off to the blight. Yeah, he like gave up his spot as chief, which they're like, you can't do that. And he was like, peacing out anyways. So like, cool. I'm bye. Bye. <laughs> it's kind of like when somebody tries to tell you that you can't break up with them and you're just like, okay, but I will. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do from here. It's like when you tell your minimum wage job that you're going to be away and they're like, no, we need you to work. And you're like, okay, I'm literally not showing up. Like, so gone. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Also in the scene, we have Matt translating the old tongue like super easily and not necessarily knowing what he's doing. He's like understanding it now, though. Like instead of him just like saying things, he like, knows, knows what he's saying. What uh, Alcar Dao means the golden bowl. And he was aware that's what it meant. So also Rand just finds out both his parents are dead and everybody's like, hey, are you OK? And he's, and he's like, like, how dare you try to talk to me? <laughs> He's like, women never understood. Ruark and Lan and Matt did. They left him alone as he wanted. Like, sorry that they checked on you, bro. Cool. <laughs> like, okay. Be alone then. I mean, I want to be alone when I cry, Rand. I get that. But like, you did just learn both your parents are dead. Like, maybe your friends are like, hey, you cool? Or <laughs> do you need a second? Rand manages to convince the wise ones to bring everyone to Alcar Dal so that he can finally get the cheering he deserves. <laughs> Rand just desperately wants everyone to like him so he can use them to ruin the world. But he wants them to bring all of the clan chiefs to Alcar Dal so that he can show them off his, his tattoos and be like, hey, I'm the Karakarn. You have to do what I say. Follow me. We're heading out. We're going to have a fight. Yeah. Moraine comes back. Yes. This next up, we get Moraine. Moraine and Avienda coming back. Naked. First, Avienda comes back naked, naturally. The boys are like, whoa, they're they naked? They have no clothes on. <laughs> well, actually, it says he was startled to see she had no clothes on either. Women were crazy. That's all. I still, why did Rand not have to go naked? Come on. Because he's a man. Make it equal just, if we're going to make I it just, naked. I just feel like I'm being like, and I get that this is like a little bit of the point that Rand's like only getting half the story. And I get that. But I just love that this man jumped to like, obviously. She just wanted to go naked. To do that. <laughs> Nothing like maybe something Women happened to her. so silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maureen was like, oh, I'm going to go to the magical city in the clouds. Okay, but I am going to do it naked. <laughs> I can do whatever you can do, but I can do it naked. Exactly. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> so Avienda gets there, and this is when we have the line where Rand is like, before she gets back, he's like, I liked Avienda. Like, she, you know, I knew why she hated me, basically because she's Egwene's friend and something to do with Elaine. Elaine. I can't remember exactly what he said. Well, he's all confused. Because Elaine loves him, and he scorned her. Yes. So confused. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he scorned her. I guess maybe by not asking her to stay with him that was the the scorn and then she shows up and she has like pure hatred in his eyes and he's like ah darn she knows i'm the car card and she hates me and then maureen comes back and lan like runs to her to carry her up the mountain because she's not doing so good because they've been naked with no water or no food for seven days and maybe they're not doing great and it's hot yeah he picks her up and he carries her up the mountain he takes her into a tent pretty sure die without having water for like three would, days yeah. by the way yeah. yeah it's three days that you can last yep but realism it's the rule of thirds three hours without shelter three days without water three weeks without food sounds like something someone from bc would know <laughs> i know that from watching alone i was there just kidding <laughs> 
Wait, like the movie alone? No, the, the show, show alone, where they just like drop people out there. Oh, I'm thinking of a different, like Survivor Man. Yeah. Do you remember that show? That was a good show. Anyways, back to Rand. <laughs> Anyways, Rand has the thought. He should have felt glad Moraine and Avienda were back and safe, but his relief was all for the days saved. Time was everything. So he's like, thank God I didn't have to wait three more days. Rand has a plan and he needs to get it done right now and so his like character i guess has turned into he's trying not to care about anybody and he he his only goal is to i don't know which do was whatever so he different needs to from do to him save before. the world yeah he was pretending to try and care about people now he genuinely is like well i don't care about these people i have to use it's unfortunate but this is what's like, gonna happen like, we are just fulfilling prophecy now he's also like rushing towards his death yeah he's like kill me as fast as possible like, let's just like let's go for he's it. done hanging let's around speed run these uh prophecies <laughs> like, actually i'm gonna die let's do it now yeah. <laughs> and uh let's let's just go cut my throat out and then <laughs> you guys can all just move on with your lives yeah I want this over and done with. Matt asks, what are you going to do now? And Rand says, something you should like. I'm going to break the rules. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Also, that felt like the also, ending to like I a TV I just show that Matt was like, I just meant like, did you want to get something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing like, literally I was picturing like sitcom, like laugh track in the background. Yeah, there. Like, <laughs> Fade to like, black. Something nobody expects. <laughs> Okay, bro, do you want like a cookie? <laughs> Chicken nuggets, something, McDonald's maybe. I don't know. I just wanted to get some food. <laughs> yeah. And then we go into Egwene's dreams. And, and Elaine is naked. <laughs> oh, a naked, naked count for Elaine. In her she skin. just like, really wanted to know what it felt like. So Egwene finds Elaine in the dream world, but she doesn't find Elaine. She finds a sea folk woman because Elaine wanted to see how it felt to walk around with no shirt on. And she figured, why not do it in the dream? <laughs> While I'm so. waiting for my friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's giving trying on your mom's bra when you're a kid. To, like Feel like a woman. <laughs> And then Elaine is like, oh, I just wanted to see what it felt like. And Egwene is like, mm, what did it feel like? <laughs> She's like curious too. <laughs> like, it just felt like you didn't have your shirt on. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, cold. cold. I felt exposed and like people were watching me. Yeah, yeah. because Jordan's watching you. That's why. <laughs> also <laughs> in the scene, you can tell like, so when Elaine has stray thoughts of Rand, like her, her dress gets lower and lower. It's just like getting sluttier and sluttier. <laughs> Because she's thinking of Rand, so her dress would be lower cut. Yeah. Do uh, I even need to say anything? So risque. Like, do I need to say anything? <laughs> it's been said. It's, it's out of control. It's so frustrating, it's out man. Of control. It's out of control. Yeah. You felt brave with this one. You really did. <laughs> So Elaine and Egwene are trading stories about like how the wise ones and the windfinders can channel. They're both like which shocked is by this. like top secret information, and they're just spewing yeah, it. Elaine, <laughs> they Elaine both promise not said, to say these things. Let me tell you like the absolute secret of secrets. Like I kind of get Egwene's side of this because like the Aiel are remote and also like I actually don't know if Egwene had to promise not to say anything. Yeah, either. I don't really know if that was like a secret secret, but the windfinder thing was very was, like. Much I will do everything in my power. And then she's like, hey, Egwene, do you want to know some awesome news? <laughs> hot gosh. She signed the NDA, but like she can still tell the girlies, right? Like, that's fine. Yeah. But it, <laughs> that's it how doesn't, they work. That doesn't count. <laughs> like, so she tells her and then she's immediately like, I can't believe I just said that. Like, she's like, Hagrid, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. She's like, that's a <laughs> well, She does secret. this like, oh, I, I, I don't, I shouldn't have said that. But I might as well tell you the whole thing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just tell you the rest of it. <laughs> she does have some like, 
Egwene and her are like talking about Egwene's all upset about how Ren's kind of treating people. And Elaine is like, hey, like he's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to do what he's got to do. And, you know, a king or a general cannot always afford to see people. If he won't do anything that will hurt anyone, he will end up hurting everyone. And I was like, I don't love this ideology in the same way like Rand has taken it a little bit maybe too far and I'm sure he's going to take it even farther just to make me mad but I get the the logic here is he kind of has to make moves and make them for like the majority at this point there's definitely going to be some sacrifices in Rand's future like yeah because of his his job title <laughs> I do appreciate the as much as I mean you guys will meet you know all of Rand's BFF girlies and Elaine in particular I do like that she sees the like I don't know ruling side of it just because she has that experience of knowing what it is to become a ruler so like she can kind of relate with certain things on that level and is able to like give advice on things or like be equal in that standing and I do appreciate that about the two of them even though you know we'll get to it. But I do appreciate that part of their whatever this is. I Am I supposed to know what we're going to get to? About all of them? Yeah. No, I'm just okay. like the fact okay. that they're together right now. <laughs> or just she sent him two letters saying that she loved him and also hated him. <laughs> that's just giving that's no, great That's what crush, everybody would do. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But like I, I don't mind them together. I think they're written poorly because... It was written by somebody who really didn't, I don't know if he didn't want to write romance or if he just, as Tay has said in previous podcasts, maybe didn't love all women (laughs) and like to show them, like, I don't know why they're written in such a weird way, but like objectively, I have no problem with them. Mm -hmm. They make sense together. Yeah. And when she says stuff like that, I'm like, this is why they make sense together because she can empathize with that for sure but it's like if there was like there could be the level of respect that like Lan and Nynaeve that situation it just like it doesn't come through yeah but he just said he just says also like what if women are crazy women are (laughs) women be crazy right like they are wild (laughs) that's kind of what bothers me about it but I otherwise would have no no qualms with them like I said everyone that I think he's going to have a romantic relationship with is Elaine Min and Lanfear Mm -hmm. and they are all going to be able to bring something to that relationship that he desperately needs yeah and of course they can't be in one woman because women are flat So Wayne mentions to Elaine here that she might be late to their next meeting. And Elaine is like, what do you mean? And then Amis just rips her out of the dream world. By the scruff. She's like, Queen, what happened? Yeah, by the scruff. Again, we've got the lots scruff of scruffs of neck, which these days. Humans do not have a scruff. So I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> just by her neck, I guess. Mm-hmm. She is it's just not right. Absolutely yeah. livid with Egwene and shows so by shielding her and then Well, she also into like a dragon? does a dream sequence with her yeah. and just like a dream lets, fake out. <laughs> lets her have it, which was She like eats her face. <laughs> like that's dragon that's face. aggressive. <laughs> yeah, a dragon. I pictured a dragon. I didn't think of a dragon in, until I saw your note, mm. but that would make sense. Scales sprouted where skin had been. Jaws thrust out, lined with sharp teeth. I was picturing like a crocodile. <laughs> like, okay, this is not it. But remember in German class, like the the 
schneppy. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of that later. <laughs> okay. It's not scary. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> she's basically telling Egwene, like, if, like, I will not teach someone who's going to use this knowledge to basically die because like Teleronriot is so dangerous that a misstep will kill you and so she's like if you're not going to listen to me like you can leave because I'm not teaching you because you're just going to die and Egwene is like how dare you do that to oh, she die. is she really thinks she has a leg to stand on here and, and I'm just like listen you she really just believes she's Aes Sedai yeah, now she, really, she really does she went backpacking across Europe and then she walked in to like like a cathedral and was like, I have every right to learn everything you know. Yeah. Like I'm here, invest in my knowledge and I will do whatever I want. You're with lucky it. I'm here. <laughs> and like I like no. Yeah. Like you went into this other like group of people's culture and you are trying to gain protected knowledge. From people they literally called the wise ones. Where you agreed and to you become made a promise to listen again. to them. Yeah. Which you've told them your eyes to die. So they take you at your word because she they don't says, think you can lie. I didn't know yeah. you can't lie. Or I didn't know I didn't you know I said I could lie. Great. Like, cool. Surprise. I Egwene don't actually have that level. Like, make, yeah, yeah, like, jokes on everybody. I'm not an eyes to die. Which like, and then she's like, how dare you? Tell me I can't do something. Yeah. Girl, take a seat. Yeah. Well, she does. <laughs> well, she actually gets told to braid her hair like a little girl. Yeah. So which I, mean, I thought humiliating was like a little bit funny and I did enjoy. I don't think this follows up really nicely with the rest of stuff that Robert has written about women. <laughs> Especially the like, if you keep arguing with me, I'll make you wear short skirts. And I was like, <laughs> that's Carry just a doll. unnecessary. <laughs> But I did, I was kind of like, you deserve to be called out. A lot of people in this novel also deserve to get called out and they're not getting called out. Mm -hmm. Like she makes a point. She's like, Rand doesn't have to listen to silly rules. And I'm like, yeah. And you can say Rand's situation is different, but like, let's all just acknowledge that he's, even if it wasn't, he would be getting away with more stuff than you are. He's a man. But yeah, she... She deserves this, in my opinion. Also, yeah. like, Amis does not, like, she has other things to do. She does not need to be doing this with you, yeah, she, Egwene. She's supposed to be training Avienda to become a wise one. She does not need to be dealing with Egwene. Like, other Egwene, stuff on her here plate. As a privilege. <laughs> like, really, the peak of just entitlement. Absolute entitlement. Thank you. I was searching for the word. Like, <laughs> like peak entitlement. This is a no, wrong. Go back home if, like, I, Gwen. Yeah. So Amisa's like, you're acting like a brat. So because of that, I'm going to make you braid your hair into two braids and put ribbons in it to basically, like, humiliate you, make you look like a girl, and we're all going to treat you like a little girl. And she makes Egwene, like, wait until the very end of hearing all her punishments. She makes her agree to it and everything. And then she's like, okay. If you need to meet your friends, I will come with you, which is what Egwene wanted to do in the first place. Um, well, in but the she second makes her place, 
to be fair yeah. she did want to just be able to go herself <laughs> right, and then when true. she realized that was getting her nowhere she was like well you can come with me obviously <laughs> but she does end up agreeing how pissed is emmy's going to be when she finds out that these other girls are there like using terangriel to get them there because they like, can't literally not at, like yeah less knowledge than Egwene, just completely unprepared yeah yeah i i love how Egwene doesn't have that thought either she's not like hey I understand. This is super dangerous. Can we go tell my friends? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually want you to teach my friends too, like through me, but because <laughs> they're like, oh, you can just teach us whatever she teaches you. And she's just like, yeah, of course. That's what I'll do. These like hours and hours of lessons. I'll just like quickly teach. I'll give you the Coles notes. I'm sure. <laughs> Literally. It will be not even mentioned and they will all just learn it too. Probably. Like that's what I'm, the level of detail I'm going to get about this. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Amis is like, all right, take your clothes off. What's <laughs> going out? Genuinely, that is what happens. I do know that like sweat tent type I don't things I don't are care. a thing, but I like don't. this is so... Okay, but honestly, <laughs> that makes it worse for me. Yeah. Like it yeah. being a real thing. I do not trust that Jordan did the research into the cultures and the like cultural significance yeah. of these tents. He's just like, no, no, you know a way to get these girls naked and sweaty and all together in a room? Yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Also, it was just like at this point... If this had been the only appearance of like naked women in this whole book, and it's most definitely not, there's there's <laughs> many, many scenes. <laughs> Lost track. The titties are out, guys, like all the time. <laughs> <Please> the nipple. <laughs> they are out. Like, I could be like, oh, okay, that's, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just, okay, this is like I could custom. accept it, but it's like clearly not. So I'm like, I don't even know why you went to such lengths at this point to give a reason why they had to be naked. I was expecting them to have to meet naked in the cold because <laughs> just that's just, because women be crazy. <laughs> so silly <laughs> it's not even just the women being naked that's the problem like sure women can be naked okay it's that it's always not always but that's used as a way of humiliating them and to yeah. you know make it I more uncomfortable to be so yeah i want to be so on board with like the sea folk thing mm -hmm. and the like taking the shirts like i want that to be like more yeah, free the nipple. Like I want <laughs> exactly. it to be like that level, but I it's just gross. It comes off so gross because of how everything else is written and how it's being done and the fact that Elaine then does it in the dreamland where she thinks she's like by herself for a second, but obviously someone secret like ends up secretly watching her and she has this moment of where she thinks she's in private, but she's actually being like watched. That is incredibly creepy, given all the other things that Jordan has put in this novel. And I could see, hear someone like listening to this and being like, wow, these girls like really like every little thing. <laughs> but it's every little thing because it's so many little things. Like if it was just one or two things, I would be like, oh, it's fine. My favorite series, The Old Kingdom by Garth Nix, there's multiple mentions of like people being naked and like that kind of stuff series written by a man has like a lot of female main characters and the way he writes them is never in the way to demean them it's usually in a way to like either empower them or to show them like or it's just like a life necessity in the moment like it makes sense and 
that's fine. But if we threw those same passages in this Jordan novel, I would have an issue with it because of how Jordan has been consistently writing women. Yeah. And I mean, there's literally the scene like the last section where Rand goes to Roydeon fully clothed and Avienda has to go naked and so does Maureen. For why? For why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) And yeah, the whole sea folk, like the cultural significance of them not wearing the shirt. And the nose rings that are so scandalous. And, you know, just how that is useful in their life, whatever. That's just how they operate on the ship. That was that, fine. But then immediately we have Elaine being like, that's an issue. Not only like Elaine, but then like it gets brought up so many times and we get so many moments of Elaine being like, oh, Tom it must be so uncomfortable. Like he doesn't even know where to look. And it's like we keep being reminded that there's boobs out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you could have just said the thing and moved on. Yeah. It's the continual like reminders of it. Yeah. In the tent where they all are hanging out <laughs> naked, uh, they tell it's just like the stupidest plan ever. They're like, Avienda, okay, someone's gotta stay close to Rand to like teach him their customs or like, you know, point him in the right direction and also spy on him. Who could resist a pretty face that listens? So Avienda, stay by his side. This will only go well, I'm sure. I just don't understand the like... It's it's the obviously bad plan initiated by women. Because they think that Rand will tell things to a pretty... Like, I don't like the, the way it's like, oh, he'll pay attention to you or he'll tell you things because you have a pretty face. Like, it's like offering her up. Yeah. And they explicitly like, oh, you don't have to share his bed. And it's like, why is this even mm-hmm. the, no, I don't appreciate any of this. Also, like, I hate that it, like, women, women Would, like, can harm this. other women, for sure. I'm not saying that they can't, but I really hate the man writing women, objectifying women. I was just like, there's so many layers here that I just don't like. Plus, this conversation is happening. They're all naked. Yeah. So that's a cool thing. Okay. Moving on. Also, like they ask if he will confide in Egwene because they've known each other since childhood. And she even says, like, I doubt it. Like, he doesn't trust like he used to. He's not open. Yeah. Even with me, who's been a childhood friend. So they're like, oh, let's just throw the other pretty girl at him. And if she yeah, just. a stranger. Okay. Is there he's going to talk? And like- she also, like, so she resists. And then they're like, oh, you have to do what we say. And it's. Just borderline abusive, if not just straight up abusive, how they're treating her. Avienda hates Rand. Like, she does not want to hang out. Maybe take the hint. But obviously, it it just felt like, again, it was like a man writing women being stupid. And I was just like, cool. If this was was like, hey, someone needs to teach Rand about our customs. So, like, why don't you do that a little bit during the day? Like, you're going to be the person who's going to teach him these things. And, and also, listen when you're talking to him. Like, be fr- like I can see that being a better instead of just being like, okay, you just like that's stay by his side, don't move. Come up with for a plan, and you're pretty. But the women just said you're pretty. Go, yeah. go hang, go hang. So the next day, everybody packs up the camps and so heads. Also, just for the record, this is where I thought, and I read into it. If you're kind of implying that I maybe shouldn't have, but it's said here. That, you know, the Aiel used to serve Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. which shocks, like, shocks Egwene. And she looks at Moraine and Moraine is like, yeah, like, I know this. I thought Moraine had, like, I was misremembering as, like, Moraine had kind of said something about it. So that's where I was coming in, like, oh, right. 
I did think they got like some bit of knowledge there. Now that I've reread it, it's probably just Maureen playing it cool because that's what she does. I don't know what explicitly Maureen did, whether she went through the glass columns or whether she went through the same thing Avienda did. She should have gone through the same thing Avienda did. Avienda did. That's okay. like what she went okay. in to do. So I believe that is yeah almost the same thing as the the archway situation in yeah and we kind of so like your past present future kind of said that last time like it it sounded very similar so she I, definitely might have seen something there i think she knows she's gonna die she doesn't look happy yeah Egwene asks her like was it bad <laughs> like yeah what happened in there and she's like the memories fade she's basically like she's she's seen some seen some stuff most are already gone some i knew already others the wheel weaves as the wheel wills and we are only the thread of the pattern i have given my life to finding the dragon reborn finding rand and seeing him ready to face the last battle i will see that done whatever it requires nothing and no one can be more important than that and i was just like she absolutely i feel like knows she's dying soon like i think she just saw it and then (laughs) It's just a way judging her and just hate it. She's like, oh, the Aes Sedai is like a lump of ice. And I'm like, some people- She ruined your time. Uh, She's she's like, wow, she made me feel cold. I don't even want to look at her. She's like, wow, she didn't want comfort. And it's like, okay, just go off a grain. It's fine. (laughs) You are a child. You do need to braid your your hair hair. in braids. Yeah, my goodness. Maureen is definitely giving off. There are some sacrifices coming. Yeah. So everyone breaks camp. The next day, and we're heading towards Alcardal. On the way, <laughs> Avienda tries to explain to Rand what Elaine looks like naked, <laughs> much to his stress and embarrassment. I don't even okay. Rand being very uncomfortable at the situation is like also kind of funny, but literally no one would do this. Like this is not something that would happen. What do you mean? Isn't this how you wing women? Yeah. I too her hips like she I too when Kay leaves the room I talk to her partner and say have my you seen god her naked, have though? you seen like, her naked have you seen her in her bath that bosom no, this is what it looks hips. like <laughs> you should let me tell you let me paint you a picture like, what <laughs> don't you do that too like when you're this is just how we talk each other up I feel like it's supposed to be like, oh, look, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be written as like a funny moment. Like, oh, Matt, I think Matt Rand's so uncomfortable about this. Or if it's supposed to be like, oh, look how like Rand doesn't get her to finish what she's saying. So like, he's oh, he's such a good him. guy. <laughs> he didn't want to hear her friend talk about her naked. Oh, what a I sweetheart. mean, also, you know, she's just like Rand's trying to say anything else. And then she just keeps going. <laughs> and I, you know what? Again, if this scene was alone, if this was like the only scene where we got this, I would have laughed. Yeah. Like, I would have been like, this is actually, like, the best behavior, like, unhinged behavior from Avienda, but, like, kind of great. Like, yeah. she's like, I am so for my girl. All I'm going to do here Let's is talk sit her here up to you. and describe <laughs> how she looks naked. So you are not <laughs> like, thinking of anyone dude, else. she's hot. Like, she's I don't think hot. you know. <laughs> I personally would hit that. So you should. Like, that was, it was giving, it was also giving, like, like. Pillow friends. <laughs> if not pillow friends, but, like girl doesn't realize she's not straight like <laughs> like Avienda no, like, she's <laughs> beautiful Avienda you need to take a moment and you know like watch Pirates of the Caribbean and think if you're lusting after Kira Knightley or know, Orlando Bloom or Kira Knightley or both like we need to just have a little just think a little bit let me have a talk with you like let me let's just talk this through girl <laughs> there's some questions you can ask yourself we're all gonna get through this together <laughs> 
but and like that would have been funny but again it was like like jordan's ruined it because of all the other stuff that's going on yeah because it was kind of humorous and i did want to enjoy it because it was a funny moment but like i don't know and then he gets just so pouty about it he gets so upset and then he's like i miss min and then she's like oh yeah like you know like Egwene told me all about what you did to elaine and he's like like Egwene is telling you what I did to Elaine like what did I even do to Elaine like Egwene's talking to you like why are you all conniving and then he goes did women discuss these things among themselves did they plan out between them how best to confuse a man yes he found himself missing men <laughs> and I was just like oh my god dude Min had never made him look like a fool. I mean, yeah. Okay. All the time. <laughs> well, not more than once or twice. And she had never insulted him. Well, she had called him sheep herder a few times, but he felt comfortable around her, warm, in a strange way. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> And I was like, I don't need, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't need to hear about Rand realizing he has sexual feelings for all these people. Like, he's like, I have a warm feeling about her. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> Where's this feeling? <laughs> and then we have a Matt POV, like, of the situation. And in the scene, Matt's really hot temperature. We know you think hey, he's Alex, hot. Okay. He's hot, so... <laughs> And he's just like confused with why Avienda is hanging out with Rand so much. And then this is when they like run into the peddlers and Matt. They come over to him and they're the least bit suspicious, of course. And Matt's like, a hat. <laughs> Give me your hat. I want it. <laughs> I will pay good money for that hat. This is Matt's Indiana Jones hat. They meet Hadnan Kadir, mm -hmm. who's the peddler that greets them originally. And then Kelly Shagoy. Shagoy? <laughs> That's how he's hit. I don't remember it. You're, Kelly. You're, you're asking me, and I'm not. Shayogi. That's how you say the last name. That's I'm remembering the audiobook now. And she's the one who takes the hat off Hanan's head and sells it to Matt for a gold mark. And then after they like kind of walk away, so the peddlers aren't supposed to be in the waste, at least this far. They're supposed to have a guide because Aiel let peddlers come into the waste, but like they have to have a guide. And Rourke is like, How did you get this far? You were almost in Roydion. <laughs> like, yeah. how was this even possible? And they're like, Oh, we didn't mean to go there. So that's already suspicious. It's like, did you oh, not mean to Roydion? go there? Why are we that's here? So I'm confused. <laughs> That's so weird. Also, do you have a map? Yeah. And then Matt, <laughs> after they walk away, Matt turns to Rand and Rand is just like going off about like, he's just continuing to talk. And Matt's like, mm, okay, this guy's going crazy. <laughs> Rand says a bunch of stuff about how you got to watch the eyes. The eyes never change. And Matt's like, sure, Jan. <laughs> and he's also wondering if he can like somehow use the peddlers to get out of the waste because he's like, look, I came to Rudy on. I did my thing. I want out now. Get me away from this crew. And then we continue to wander. Now we've got the peddlers. Rourke and Kuladin have like a whole standoff for a minute there. And they reach an area called Imre Stand, which I think is just like, to me, it just reads as just a building and it has water near it. And it's just for like people who are watching the goats. And it's been attacked by Trollocs. Although the Aiel are like, that's pretty impossible. But Rand's like, definitely Trollocs. We don't have Trollocs here. And it's Matt who's like, that looks like Trolloc work. And they're like, silly boy, no yeah. Trollocs here. 
He's like, okay, this bloody mess looks a little bit like a Trollocs <laughs> Whatever. with no bodies around, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then after they all kind of scope out the place, Rand, in his annoyance with Avienda, he's like, I'm going to go train with Lan because, you know, the, he would be training with a sword and I So literally like just like taking a cultural like faux pas and using it to- Shoving it in their face? Yeah. To get him to leave, get her to leave him alone. The people he's going to lead, apparently, too. So. Yes. Like, like that is such an aggressive emotional warfare. He move. didn't mention it either earlier, but when he comes out, he's like, "I want to talk about what happened in Rodion." Yeah, and they're like, "We don't, we don't talk about that." And he was like, "I'm gonna talk. Like, I'm changing things." And I was like, "This is really giving settler <laughs> yeah. vibes." Because like, he he's said- like, "I am one of you, but also <laughs> let me change everything you're doing wrong because I don't really like it." <laughs> he says something. I think he just says something about how like they he mentioned something in there but the wise ones are like get inside this tent like you do not speak of this um i can't remember exactly what he like shouts loudly to the people but they're like dude zip it <laughs> it's oh, something man. like oh the that we betrayed the Aes Sedai or something along those lines like it's not like a huge point but it's not something that you speak about and uh Ruark comes over he's like hey maybe you want to learn how to use a spear since you're one of us now <laughs> also Rand asks Lan like like how do the Aiel fight and like Lan gives him a little explanation he's like okay like how do you beat that and then Lan's like oh well you could do it this way <laughs> and then Avienda's like okay if you're like want to fight us and like want to figure out how to beat us, like why don't you ask you know one of the literal Aiel here if you, us <laughs> to learn more about how we do things. Just another settler vibe, yeah. Just settler a moment, yeah. And while Rand is going off and doing this training Matt's stuff, Matt's watching him like that. <laughs> Matt's like, wow, silly. that looks like a rough go. I'm gonna go sit in the shade with my hat. <laughs> And my warm beer. Uh, my, my, my room temperature beer that is just nasty. maybe more than it's like room basically temperature. like hot. Hot beer. He's like, this is fine. Like butter beer. So Matt chats up the Gleeman and because he's like looking at his um spear uh quarterstaff thing. I'm trying really hard not to call it what it is. <laughs> Um, he chats out I don't think that's really that much of a spoiler but I was just trying not to no we said no spoilers you're doing great and he mentions he like says out loud the something in the old tongue I wrote it down somewhere and I don't know I don't know how to read it uh do you want to oh I did write it down here sa sa suvreya niadi misanyi I am lost in my own mind yes and, and somebody's like, wow. Jason Nateel comes over, Nateel, and he's like, ooh, a scholar. <laughs> and then they have like, like a chat. Absolutely not. <laughs> Imagine walking up to this character and being like, you look like a man <laughs> of the mind. That's like, that's like, huh? no. <laughs> Actually, I have too much mind. There's a lot of memories in my head. So Natil, Natil the Gleeman is talking to him about, the Gleeman is with the peddlers, is talking to him about Roydion. He like wants to know everything about it. And Matt's like, I don't know. I didn't really do that much there. I just But like, he like hung. starts telling him about like what's in there and he leaves out stuff. But you are not supposed to talk yeah. about what happens in Roydion. He leaves out the exciting parts. Like what happens yes, there stays there. I guess Matt's not an He's Aiel, not so. Aiel. So, so he doesn't care. So he thinks it's okay. It doesn't <laughs> affect him. Just this entire people. And they're guarded it's, secrets. Yeah, it's fine. They're farm boys. 
stay. They're allowed to do whatever they want, even when they're in other cultures. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think we're supposed to notice that this is an issue, to be honest. I don't I don't think this is a point. I think they're like right <laughs> to be sharing from Jordan's perspective. Like, I don't think this is like, like why wouldn't he? <laughs> why wouldn't he? He's not a eel. It's fine. You can't be respectful of people's culture. That's mm. so weird. Crazy. Almost as crazy as women. <laughs> no, nothing. No, they're crazy naked all the time. And this they is- run through the desert <laughs> naked. This is true. They are always naked. This is where we find out that his the holes of it in his memory seem to be full, but they are not of his memories. They are of memories that he asked for, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> it, it seems like it's Manatherian, like bloodline, his past lives. Yeah, like things are like popping up in the holes that he had because of the dagger, right? And like there are things that he doesn't remember. Until I knew now, something I with the memory was gonna be more than just him remembering what happened in that one chunk of time. Yeah. Like it was gonna be I mean, yeah, it was a deal with the Fae, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> That's Pretty what much. happened. He wasn't specific. Honestly, and now he's his deal with the Fae, the medallion, he has a moment where he's like <laughs> sitting with and he makes a comment mm-hmm. about the pupil of the fox's eye was a tiny circle split by a sinuous line, one side polished bright, the other shaded in some way, the ancient symbol of Aes Sedai before the breaking. And we know that he asked to like be free of the Aes Sedai and their one power garbageness. So like we don't actually know what this medallion does. In my notes, I said, Alex, don't tell me. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I, it's giving in a lot of cultures, they have like tales and stuff about like a trickster. And that's what it's giving to me. It's a little icky because I feel uncomfy where Jordan may be slow appropriation. But yeah, but I don't know. That was what it was giving me. So I don't, and I'm not like our Loki. Yeah, I'm not gonna go too far into that until I don't know until more proven, comes of it. I guess proven guilty. Yeah, I just I think that what this medallion's going to do is maybe I'm kind of worried that it's gonna be shielding Aes Sedai around him. Like it's gonna just straight like stop them from using the power when they're in its vicinity, and that's gonna cause problems when these women are inevitably needed to use their power. I think it's gonna be that it can't be used on him okay because that would kind of fit with like a trickster like character kind of going against like being able to kind of undercut a certain mm-hmm. group of people so i don't know i'm sure we'll read and find out though tay that you will yeah <laughs> that, that should happen i imagine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in this moment, this is kind of where we get at least a little insight into like what's going on in his head. And even there's a a song that the Gleeman sings. <laughs> He's like, "That's not <laughs> how it happened. Yeah, that's not how it ended." <laughs> and then that night, the crew gets attacked by Trollocs. What a I shock! Mean, there are Trollocs. That, we have him checking out Isandre. Isandre? Oh, yeah, the Isandre. the hottie. That face, those lips, that swaying walk. The hottie in red. If he could get her away from Kadir, yeah. maybe she would find a young hero. The dust creatures could be 10 feet tall for her. He would give her every detail he could remember or invent. <laughs> a handsome young hero more to her liking than a stuffy old peddler. It was worth thinking about. <laughs> okay, you fantasize that. Um. Sneaky Matt. <laughs> And then uh, there's kind of like she smiles dangerously. There's like a dangerous look in her eyes. She has smoky eyes for Rand. Smoky. What do you think smoky yeah. eyes? Like, not the eyeshadow <laughs> situation. Sorry, that's actually that's actually I can't. I don't want Kelly s- or Kelly. Kelly. 
Kelly. Kelly. So no, Asandre like condescendingly smiles at her and then her dark eyes glitter dangerously behind those rolls of fat. So we know it's not Isandra because the line like, I'm looking at. Sorry, yeah, and I'm not I wasn't saying that you were wrong, Tay. I was saying that I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> well the line I'm looking at says it might be harder separating Asandre from the hook nosed man than he had hoped, or easier, twined around the fellow or not. She had smoky eyes for Rand and no one else. Which I'm also getting Yeah, it's it's just giving <laughs> eyeshadow. <laughs> it's giving his eyes. Oh darkened. my god, yeah. <laughs> at least that has some sense of like smoky eyes. I don't know because like it's if giving... you narrow your eyes, like it, like you can see them less. They dark. You know darkened. exactly like... what they mean when they say that his eyes darkened. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship between Isandre and Kadir, whatever that is, is giving me icky. You know, like it. yeah. It's, I, it's definitely supposed to like peak our suspicion. I think all of these, this whole crew, I think is yeah, uh, they're clearly sus. pretty There's suspicious. Something <laughs> <laughs> Everything about them is sus. <laughs> and then that night, yeah, after after we go through the song that Matt says is wrong. The crew gets attacked by Trollocs, which is a shock because there's no Trollocs in the waste. Matt was right about something. Yeah, I did like the line from Matt to Avienda at the end where he's like, oh, I'm fine. Nothing like a little dance with Trollocs to get ready for sleep, right, Avienda? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I thought that was really funny. (laughs) And she like kind of smiles at him. (laughs) Don't. He also, he ends the scene by being like, don't wake me up. Just let them stab me in my sleep. I'm (laughs) too tired. I'm really tired. (laughs) (laughs) Go off. We also, we have a nice little... So Matt's like fools, like all these peddlers like hid, like a uh, troll couldn't like light their caravan on fire. And Rand says, they are still alive. That is always important, Matt, who stays alive. It's like dice. You can't win if you can't play and you can't play if you're dead. And I was <laughs> okay. like, I was like, this started like I thought it was going to be like some brilliant quote too. And then I like, I was like, you can't play if you're dead. <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess you're right. You are right. You are factually correct. <laughs> it was like looking at the baby you can't make that again <laughs> like if you if you die you can't play dice so there so care okay. about living that <laughs> next we pop in for a visit with a Guinan, the shanchen captain who originally had captured bail we have we have a map oh, pause oh do we have two? a map of ebudar Tenchiko. no not sorry Tenchiko. Does this um, one and there's have no any... jump scare on I this looked. Map. I was like, scare? what okay. am I supposed to see? <laughs> I looked I looked hard. I looked hard. I squinted. I turned. I like zeroed in on areas. I was like, is there something here? So Tenchiko is a There a might be, town, and right? I missed it, but it's on like the ocean. It's not super obvious of a jump scare. It's like on the one, inside so. of a bay. Just yeah. like, I, don't, I don't think that there's supposed to be a jump scare on this map. No, I think it's just the city of women. women <laughs> But yes, there is a, a map of Tenchiko, which is where Aginan is. She's the, the Shanjin captain who had originally captured Bail Doman, who we see in this scene. And she is in Tenchiko looking for escaped Damani or defected Damani, basically, which bodes well for Nynaeve and Elaine, I'm sure. She has this whole scene in like she's trying to get information from people. She has this meeting with this little greasy man, Gelb, who... <laughs> Greasy little Who man. Gives her in Adam the collar and bracelet little contraption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like the third one he's given her. And he's made some mistakes on information about certain women that like she's 
searching for. And so she's not like really trusting what he's saying about the woman at this point. He's like, okay, you've made enough mistakes with that. Yeah. He's like, like do you want to give me an advance on my salary? Too? She's like, no, <laughs> I do not like, want to do that. <laughs> I actually won't give you any more information or any more money. <laughs> then she goes back to her room where she's visited by a seeker, I believe is what they a call them. A seeker for the truth. Which are basically like, yeah, Sean Chen. But they're like also not. It's like this weird thing that they're yeah they're like owned by the blood so like they're like higher they're than like her, servants but also like too. technically he's a servant it's this yeah. weird little thing the shan chen have a confusing social structure hierarchy and he's asking her a bunch of questions and she's having very sinful thoughts about basically betraying the shan chen or like not telling him things and how she's not gonna let the seeker kill her he makes her like drop some maps of tenchiko for him and like put in like information about yeah just stuff about the city stuff that she has already given them like she's like he should know this already like a power move she does it but she's like "Mm, he made me do that because like to show his control basically and then we go to the basement and we find out she has a suldam captured in the basement and she basically says that this is like an accident like she put on the idab to her just to like get her to stay still and then she found out oh it works uh oh she is affected by the idam and so like she's super conflicted and she's like i don't know if it's just this girl or all sold down or everybody Mm, which we learned in book two but now the sean chen are having to face that for the first time and like the girl that she's captured is like you've known me for 10 years like take this thing off of me and she's like can't do it can't do it you you are yeah. you are trouble Sorry. you are bad news <laughs> this information is stressing rocking her, her world out she does not know what to do with it and also bail doman is here our pirate <laughs> friend <laughs> and then we get jacob Cardin meeting up with with some nobles and the king but that's a secret no one's supposed to know they're wearing masks and then leandrin comes to visit him which is leandrin in the white cloaks is aka the crossover no one wanted <laughs> true <laughs> no did not need this <laughs> leandrin when she visits jacob he's a doggy now yeah she makes him her dog and wants him to take control of the panarch palace which also the king that little meeting wants jacob to basically secure the panarch palace for the new panarch to come into because the old one was killed so he's got two missions once again but at least this time it's like both involving getting into the palace even though leandrin's is a little bit more complicated yeah he in the scene thinks that she's planning to kill him and he just like starts offering up family members like the absolute yeah just like a great person yeah no he's like not a good i was told i would be the last one killed like i still have another sister i got a sister (laughs) nieces and nephews cousins like Like, you left you left people alive (laughs) this is so upsetting to me yeah what do you mean i've got more time he like, also is described as uh, she's like torturing him and he could not scream. All that came out were muffled groans like a woman wailing behind walls. <laughs> what does that mean? What? <laughs> Why? I don't even understand. Like a woman wailing behind like, walls. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get what everyone's so confused about. It's like a woman wailing behind walls. If we just keep saying it, it makes uh. sense. Yeah. And then Leandrin, after this whole scene, she heads back to the Dark Friend safe house and then confers with her, her Black Aja BFFs. When Leandrin is talking to Jacob, she does address him as Boars. 
So if we needed more confirmation that Jacob is Boris, yes. it is there in yep. print in now. And then she's talking to the Black Aja, you know, lets them know like, oh, he was scared I was going to kill him for not killing Rand. So that's interesting. Because their orders are to control and bind Rand, not to kill him. So the conclusion we've come to with the Black Aja is that there are orders coming from different Forsaken with different agendas. It's a little... Yeah, and the Forsaken have been known to have like internal conflict as well as also fighting for the shadow. I'm sure that will help us in the long run. Overcome them. (laughs) Throwing a whole bunch of way too powerful people. Bad guys into a room together and hope that they all agree. Don't really see that happening. And if they have to fight the Forsaken, their plan is to use Balefire, which we've seen works on them in a one shot if you're a Marine. And they have a tearing (laughs) reel for Balefire. Or they'll have Rand under their control. That's that's plan A. Yeah, they're looking for something that can be used Mm -hmm. to control him that they think maybe in the Panarch Palace. Something that was in Egwene's dream as she was in the Panarch Palace. And like, are you referencing something that she saw? Well, I think of the statue with the crystal because that one was mentioned before in similar fashion. But she did acknowledge like quite a few Terangreels. So one of those things has to be- Something she looked at. It's like, otherwise, why did she look at it? I'm personally hoping that the Mercedes logo is a Terangreel. And (laughs) they put it on his chest. He's like Iron Man. Yeah. He's like controlled. That's what I want. That'd be perfect. I like it. While they're talking, um, Gildan, who is, she is cleaning the house that they're all staying in. And she is supposed to be a dark friend because everyone involved in this house that they're staying in is a servant of the dark one. And she's cleaning the room that they're talking in. And Leandrin is like, how much did she hear? Like, oh, it's nothing important. Like, you were literally just talking about fighting Forsaken. What do you mean nothing important? <laughs> nothing Everything important, you just said okay. was important. But she does not trust the cleaning lady. Yeah, Leandrin's also like comically evil. <laughs> it's like she just like walks in and like slaps her like for yeah, no she's... reason. Like, okay, th- cool. <laughs> it's not for no reason, Alex. It's so that we know she's really, really bad. Right, yeah, we got to prove that. <laughs> and then we get Elaine and the crew arriving in Tenchiko and they're all like thanking each other and the windfinder uh jorin gives elaine they share a goodbye gesture that's only shared by family members or lovers so cute elaine <laughs> a little that was really cute finger <laughs> kiss to lips we ran and stay to stay behind with your seafolk lover yes <laughs> jordan would not be I brave enough it, not brave enough so, it's, it's right there Right there. And then there's a line in this scene about nipping something in the bud. And I just, I don't know why that, I caught that. I was like, that's funny. (laughs) Nip in the bud, not the butt, the bud. I think that's the the saying. That's the saying. I always thought it was the butt. No, it's the bud. bud. (laughs) Am I learning new things today? You nip something in the bud, not in the butt. What have you been doing this whole time? What? Yeah. I thought it was like you know to like get it like Alex start maybe no you a nip saying. you nip a, the bud of the flower start yeah I have been saying but anytime I've used that saying wow yeah it's bud I'm but, so sorry okay. bud but well, it's bud so stop doing things to people's <laughs> buds in the butt to like stop it it's not <laughs> stop nipping people's not butts. the line <laughs> I'll, I'll stop I'll stop fighting <laughs> yeah no it, this is correct. <laughs> Oh, all right. Look at look at that. No. <laughs> we need a whiteboard that just says all of our names and learn something today. Just Alex see, won. Just see who wins every every podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the girls get off the boat with their with their bodyguards, and this is where they run into Bale Doman, who's like, "Oh my gosh, you guys survived! <laughs> How can I help you? Like, I'm like, so I, sorry. I couldn't wait for I you. I waited <laughs> so long. Are you okay? Like, I really, I swear, I actually was gonna help you, but I couldn't wait anymore. And then he's like, "Yeah, and I'm a smuggler. Okay, so. but <laughs> that's what I do. He now. also has a soup kitchen that he's like funding. So all like, yeah, yeah, he's just a good guy. <laughs> he's just like a good smuggler." <laughs> He's our favorite pirate bro. <laughs> He's just Robin Hood. <laughs> He's Robin Hood. But pirate form. Smuggling for the rich to give to the poor. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> and then we just have like so he helps them find rooms at an inn for a good deal for a good deal and he hires them like bodyguards and then we just have like i just i don't know i was listening to the scene and i was just like screaming <laughs> in my car and like gasping because i just hated everything that was happening in this whole scene so Nynaeve goes to bed julian sandar goes off to scout and elaine sits in the common room to have some wine and watch tom perform and at first i was like oh this is kind of like sweet like elaine probably doesn't get to just like sit in common rooms and like nobody yeah knows she's who she even is. like said that yeah. in the scene and she's like oh this is so nice and then and then the serving boy gets her drunk <gasps> yeah by continuously filling her cup and she's not aware that she's like, like she's i had one so cup it just kept being refilled I, yeah like <laughs> like what do you mean it was just never <laughs> empty like, there's, a, there's a hole in the bottle i don't understand so she doesn't realize she's drunk until she like goes to stand and then she like falls over and she's like oh my gosh and the serving boy comes over and he's like oh let me help you to your room and she's like i got it no sir i'm good but instead she heads up to tom's room and I was immediately because I was like, "What's going I don't know where Jordan is going with this. Okay, right? Like, I and even... I don't want to believe that she's gonna like they're gonna end up doing something. Even though but, like, like nothing like sexual happens, I still was like very uncomfortable. Even before he slaps her in the face, this whole like oh, thought of her like going drunkenly to this like guy who used to be with like her stepdad like his room i was Which just she like doesn't, i she doesn't know yeah yeah fair. she does she's talk like, about it well here. she does confront him about it like that's what she's going up to the i know but to she do. does she does talk about it like afterwards but like she doesn't know what she's going into yeah, the room, yeah. which is where i was like my god what is happening I here i swear if- she's just going to tug his mustache again yeah. <laughs> so she <laughs> goes in she like, bursts into his room grabs his mustache <laughs> then she like slut shames her mom <laughs> yeah she's like my mom because she's like Where did oh I know my you gosh from? and then and then he's like oh yeah like i used to be a bard and she's like you were her lover were you this is how i was imagining her in this scene so she goes no, wait you- act it out please i will okay <laughs> you were i always knew about garrett Brynn. at least i figured it out but i had always hoped she would marry him <laughs> Gareth Britt and you and this Lord Gabriel Madsen she looks calf eyes at now and how many more <laughs> how many what makes her any different from Barrelane tripping every man who catches her eyes bed she's no different <laughs> she is a whiny baby in this scene and then he slaps her cause he's like how dare you talk about your mother like that which none of this is good this is just such an out of control sometimes Jordan just has these scenes and they start bad and they just get so like I don't know where it starts to go wrong it just like, is are we gonna just talk about the serving
serving boy getting her drunk. At least I can excuse that. That is kind of his job a little yeah, bit. Yeah, taking her to her room isn't like really his job though. And, like, <laughs> I guess he doesn't actually take her up to her room. So like, he, yeah. yeah. But then he offers that and then she goes into Tom's room and I was like, there's no, you've set it up, Jordan. And there's no way this is going to end with me <laughs> being happy. Like, I know this going in, like either they're going to sleep together or make out or something yeah, weird. Yeah, like something very awkward and uncomfortable. Or it. this is apparently going to happen and she's just going like, to randomly <laughs> slut shame her mom I appreciate lovers. I appreciate Tom being like, hey, your mom's allowed to have she sex. Responds, and she's like, it took her a moment to realize he had slapped her. Slapped her. She drew herself up, wishing he would not sway. How dare you? I am daughter of Andor, and I will not be. And then he's like, you are a little girl with a skin full of wine throwing a temper tantrum. And I'm like, Kate, so the thing is, is you recognize, you the sober adult of this conversation, I agree she's acting like a child, agree that she cannot be rational right now like so you slammed her (laughs) so you resorted to physical violence yeah i just love this world doesn't it sound like there is nobody who's in the right in this scene like everyone everybody's wrong everybody sucks you know those like yeah everyone sucks here it's the reddit post (laughs) am i the asshole and the uh, the third option is everyone sucks here everyone sucks (laughs) yeah this whole book is full of everyone sucks (laughs) here situations yeah she also so he slaps her in the face and he's like don't talk about your mother (laughs) Don't talk about your mother like that. Oh, I do have to say that. And like, it's very (laughs) uncomfy. That's so okay. Like, I appreciate that he's like defending her mom and saying like, "Hey, your mom could do like like how do you think you were born, Elaine? Yes, your mom had lovers. Yeah, and he in this scene is also not being like, don't talk about like I expected him to be like, don't talk about your mother's other lovers. Like he's not like acting jealous about them. I guess in this situation, but he still a slaps her in the face and then then lets her just like walk out of his room without a. He also says, says, if I ever hear you say anything about Morgais again, drunk or sober, I'll put you over my knee however you channel. No. I don't like it. I'm uncomfy for a multitude of reasons. And why am I always (laughs) uncomfy for many reasons? Getting worse. And then she just sobs into his chest for a little bit. He he tells her that like, yeah, I was her bard and then like her lover. (laughs) And she's like, why did you leave me? (laughs) I'm like, wait, you were just mad at him for being whatever okay okay yeah, i can whatever and then and then she leaves and he's like are you good like can you walk back to your room i'm like clearly no, he, not he said can you make it downstairs by yourself and she's like of course i can and then my dude okay so first off just everyone out there every single person out there your friend i'm gonna say friend because i don't know how else to define the relationship in a way that doesn't make me want to vomit your friend comes into your room drunk starts yelling at you starts saying things about their mom that just like are nonsense you one don't slap them two first first rule don't calm them them. down three you just never send them out alone for a multitude of reasons psa definitely not into like a pub full of men that might take advantage of her and pinch her butt and all the stuff in this city that has been said like it's so awful the city is supposed to be so like, yeah full of crime also if it's not like sexual assault or anything like she could get very hurt she, she could have just wrong. fallen she downstairs downstairs <laughs> like she could have just died you could have just let the like, daughter heir of Andor die it would have been simple to just like take her down to the room that's all that's all i'm saying and then she goes she in does there, get to the room <laughs> and then nine 90- <laughs> 
Okay. Which I did love this. I did love this. I, I thought this was hilarious. The fact that she's like, okay, just come with me. Like, we're just going to kneel down and just I, look at this water. I was this person. Like, I've never dunked someone's face in water, but like, I was always the person that was like trying to get everyone home. Yeah. Like, like I was like the mother of the friend group. And I was like, you know, and I'd be like, oh, no, like, we're just going to go see if the subway's here. <laughs> we're not going to get on it and go just home. Go check. We're just going to go for a little walk. It's like when we'll I'm trying to put walkie like him and down and I'm cool. like, don't worry, you don't have to nap. It's You just yeah, need to lay down. It's like- okay. <laughs> she, so this it's like super aggressive what Nadine does, but the fact that she like gets her, she's like, oh, I just got to show you something over by this I water. Just like, just come like, kneel like, down. There's nothing in the bucket. Elaine's <laughs> like, I don't understand. She's just like getting dumped. <laughs> Which I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good thing to do. It's also definitely least, abuse. Yeah, I, I at least this, like, it did feel a little more comical and, like, less wire people. It was very slapstick. Yeah, it vibes. was very slapstick comedy. <laughs> Thank you. That was exactly... It was so ridiculous, you just kind of had to, like, be like, all right, yeah. cool. It was like Mother Don't Gwenna talking about... Don't treat your friends like this, but also, it's, it's just what was kind of funny. Yeah. It's like Mother Gwenna talking about, like, the girls coming and, like, or someone, people who are arguing and, like, they just... She just dips them in water. <laughs> and I mean, I wouldn't do this to a friend, but, like, if they were really, really out of it, I might... Just splash a couple like, water hey, on them. <laughs> Go stand in the shower for a second. I won't turn it on. I promise. Yeah, I agree. There's like it is just kind of a yeah. the situation is funny and in, then in the and sense of I don't even know where I'm going. Yeah, with this. the situation is funny. Comedy. You yeah. said it perfectly. But then Nynaeve's like, "Hey, I gotta go check on Egwene. Will you stay awake? No, <laughs> no, she won't. <laughs> this is such a bad idea." <laughs> And she literally doesn't. She was passed out when Nynaeve woke up. Like, she wakes up, but, like, I think it's, like, she wakes up because Nynaeve screams. And he's like, get it together. I gotta go into the dream. You gotta help me. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene is just uncomfy. That's how I feel. So Nynaeve goes to look for Egwene. A stray thought brings her to the waist where she sees Roydion and someone, insert eye emoji, poking around in the distance. And then we have Brigida popping up. And she's like, get out of here. That guy's bad news. And she pulls her bow out and is like basically ready to shoot her so that Nynaeve will like jump somewhere else. And Nynaeve, it makes sense that her thought of safety would be to go to Emmonsfield. Yeah. And she sees Brigida like turning a corner. So she like runs after her and freezes because someone who looks like Land comes at her with a bow and she freezes because he looks like Land. Curious if you guys think that this is the same guy as the one looking at Roydion or if they're different. So, so Tay had a theory way back in the day way back <laughs> i think at the book two episode one part one where she was talking about land's family right I think it might it have been in book, book one actually because mm-hmm. that's where we get the info book about two episode one. book two was it yeah, oh, yeah. it's okay. look at that it's from the prophecy <laughs> it's like i listened that to is twice. written in <laughs> on the dungeon wall in blood yeah right okay and that's all i could think of this whole <laughs> other than oh my god naive this is terrifying it's fun because we've got luke who is also in that prophecy chilling in the prophecy this is a this is a series if you like prophecies. Yes. Like like, like <laughs> Tay and her little heart jumping up at joy anytime there's like anything I think that makes you know, when the when the alignment in the book changes, she gets so happy. Song, prophecy, yeah, poem. She's she's <laughs> right like, there. Let me take my it. notes. <laughs> if there's something for me to figure out, 
I'm excited. I have gotten annoyed. I will say a few times I figured something out and then it like is revealed before the next section. So like I can't Two even like later, yeah. you're like mm. <laughs> like ah, it's been Be excited about your reveal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so in this prophecy that Marissa has brought us back to, Luke came to the mountains of doom. Isam waited in the high passes. One did live and one did die, but both are. So Luke is Lord Luke in Emmonsfield right now, brother to Tigraine, a daughter heir of Andor. He vanished in the blight, wasn't determined whether he was alive or not. Now this land-looking fellow in Emmonsfield, Slayer, aka Isam, Land's cousin, he... Uh, would make sense why he looks like Lan. Um, and his mom like carried him off when the Trollocs overtook Malkier. I'm gonna be honest, Tay. I just want to give you like props here because like if I was reading this on my own, I when they were talking about Lan's family, I just wasn't paying enough attention. And so when it brought up that somebody looked like Lan, I was like, what? I would have been like, I can see my other reaction if you hadn't, if I hadn't been reading this with you. I mean, being like, what? That's so crazy. And instead, this time I was like, oh my god, I know, know this because. <laughs> Tay brought it up. <laughs> Isim was first mentioned at the end of book one. Alex is right about that. Like when we get Lance's whole family. Right. Because they tell his story. Because he, he's like the mm. reason or his mom or something was the reason. Like their family kind yeah. of betrayed yeah, them his, or something. His like mom that. was an issue. And they ran off. And it says like they don't know what happened to them. And so he's here. What was the line in the prophecy again? Luke came to the mountains of doom. Isim waited in the high passes. One did live and one did die. But both are. And so I had a theory that one of them is being controlled by the dark one. Like like in death and the other right. one is chilling i was hoping was fighting for the light but we'll uh see if luke's well, if luke is an out. okay guy we're seeing him through parents eyes so it's very suspicious right now but yes slayer is lan's cousin and maybe we'll get a little sword fight between them that would be fun <laughs> the smile on your face as you said that <laughs> A little bit of violence, a little bit of death. It's all good. We love that. We love it. <laughs> so then the next day in in the morning, they kind of all talk about what they're going to do. Tom and Julin. Sorry, I'm just reading your note, Taylor. But they plan to be uh, like sneaky ask around. And they're like, you guys should just stay here. Like, you'll be safer here. And Nynaeve is like, great idea. I actually did think of that. I've got disguises lined up. So her and Elaine are going to get disguised up and they're going to head out. Mm-hmm. So jokes on you, Tom. Perrin finally visits his family graves and he's like I don't even know if he's sad in this moment he's just there (laughs) he is present and that's about all we get that's about all he can give us a lot of words to tell us that he's there (laughs) yeah he's looking at the apple trees Fayil comes up to him she's coming back from Emmonsfield at this point and she's like giving him a report that most of the farms in the country have gone to Emmonsfield and then gives him Loyal's little insight about Alana that she's like vanished a couple times and They've been hunting Trollocs. Luke comes with her to the camp and suggests that like everyone goes yes. back to Emmons Field. Mm. He's like, you've probably killed or scared off all the mm. Trollocs. So like, let's all just go back to the village. And parents like, we're not done as long as there's people still in their farms and Trollocs still about like, I'm not gonna stop. And also, Will, why don't you go back to the Emmons Field like a baby? <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to go? Go. But uh, all these other people are gonna die and it's gonna be your fault. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She tells him, there will be stories about you in the two rivers for the next thousand years. Perrin Goldeneyes, hunter of Trollocs. Goldeneye. Double O-Seven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all I can think about. <laughs> I was like, what a 
cool nickname totally ruined <laughs> gall comes in in this moment when like lord luke's like hey you know he's like back hey to you killed all the trollocs and gall's They're like oh hey, guess what actually i just found more trollocs so let's do an ambush <laughs> and he tries to convince fail to go with him yeah, Fael is not having any of it. And she says, I, I'm going to remain with Perrin. A pity, he murmured, shrugging as if to say there was no accounting for women's taste, tugging on his wolf-embroidered gauntlets. Yes. Now, I have misread a few of Jordan's clues because I feel like this, but this has, like, there's, <laughs> hello, I'm sorry. This is something. He's got something to do with wolves, potentially. What do you think it means? Aren't gauntlets, like, metal? How are they like embroidered? Glove situation. Yeah, maybe it's, like, yeah, leather I with metal. I think there's, okay. like, multiple material. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's bad news. Personally, I think this was, like, a symbol of... I mean, it's convenient that, like, this whole mess of an ambush trollic situation. Yeah, that's kind of where right I was getting leaves. from. I was like, it's really interesting that, like, Lord Luke is all upset leaving. But, like, you should have listened to me. Then Perrin's like, it couldn't have been him. He was, he came back to Emmonsfield yesterday and went and did something else. He he went somewhere else. And I'm like, well, <laughs> like, that okay. means nothing to me, Perrin. <laughs> but you and your one and a half brain cells can really think that that means something. <laughs> So I think this is just a little clue of like, he's out to get Perrin, essentially. He's wearing wolf embroidered gloves. He's using them as a symbol when it's clearly a symbol for Perrin. And we can't have two people have the same symbol in a book. So I think it's just kind of supposed to feel not right. I just immediately was like, Luke, definitely did something to make sure the bad vibes trollocs attacked them from behind yeah so gall reports on these trollocs and suggests that they ambush the trollocs but then when they go to ambush the trollocs the trollocs actually ambush them and things go very poorly for perrin's crew he gets well i mean he doesn't get but 27 people die in this we'll see i don't know how many of them were with him originally i think it said like about 50 yeah so like roughly half then over yeah. Gall said that there was like what like 30 Trollocs and then it turns out there was like 100 or something yeah so potentially this was like a different group I guess that ambushed them of some sort because Perrin's like even sitting there waiting for the ambush and he's like I should be able to smell them by now it's weird that I can't smell them I can't smell the Trollocs still and then he's like oh my gosh mm-hmm. they're behind us yeah a turn. wind changes direction and he's oh. like turn around <laughs> conveniently turn like around. where Fail is with all the horses so it's yeah, he, he loses sight out. of Fael and he kind of goes a little ballistic feral. after yeah. that, too. Perrin's basically only saved because Alana's warder shows up and comes to his aid at the last minute. Perrin, at this point, has Which also an felt, arrow. So I had this whole theory, by the way. I was like, that also felt really convenient, that he showed up just as their like attack came in. And I was like, Alana is doing this like manipulative master move so that she will refuse to heal him unless he like becomes her warder. None of that that happened so that was i had a whole little side story going in my head doesn't it suck when you like so that was a fun come up with a theory that's like so good <laughs> this whole theory like, that just like, doesn't happen down the book would have been better yeah, if you're you like oh my god I <laughs> and i was that's like okay oh, rams the dragon reborn that's totally the best narrative option <laughs> So Perrin's, he's got an arrow through his side. He is not doing well. 
but they got to do something. So they put him Which on a horse. Pissed and about. All the, the injured people go on the horses. He's, he, he's real upset. He he's like, I that. will walk. He's like, all the injured on the horses. And Fail's like, okay, get up on the horse then, dude with an arrow in his gut. <laughs> and he's like, not me, though. <laughs> he's like, not me. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not injured. I'm fine. Falls down, vomits. <laughs> they walk bows out so that it looks like they're still ready to fight to the Trollocs, trying to not look like the absolute haggard group that they are. Like they just weren't half murdered. It's all an illusion. And Fael has a two rivers long bow and Perrin has the thought in all of his pain <laughs> that she's this, too weak. <laughs> she probably couldn't even pull it. <laughs> she could not draw that bow. It is she, too strong for her. She is so little. It's so cute. She's so she, can't possibly defend herself. Oh my god, she saved me again. <laughs> Once again. Yeah, Fayil was fine. She just has a scratch on her face or something. They walk until they hear music, and it's the Tuath on the Tinkers. Just having a little party. They're happy They're people. They're grand old time. They're always having a good time. Love that for them. The same group that Perrin has met before, the same group that the White Cloaks were talking to, because uh, I think Bornhold mentions mm-hmm. uh, Rain, and they take shelter with the Tuatha on where Isla and Rain agree to sleep under their wagon so Perrin can sleep in it. <laughs> just also, like, the image of them sleeping underneath the... I know that they put him in the wagon and they're like, hey, you stay here, you're hurt, but I was just, just like, like oh let's gosh, just crawl under, the under there. The Aiel yeah. peace off. Yeah, the Aiel they are, are like, like, you're staying not. with them? Not with the lost sure? ones. Not cool. gonna do it. See you tomorrow. Yeah, Ben and Chiat <laughs> are like, um, you're coming with us, Fahil, and she's like, actually, I'm gonna stay with my ailing boyfriend. And they're like, mm. they're like, mm, okay, right. hate that for you. Okay, bye. Yeah, see you. Let's go play Maiden's Kiss with Gall. <laughs> Perrin, the arrow went aside. Isla's like, mm, I don't think I can do anything about this. Like, I'm not a good enough healer to even touch that. If you're gonna see someone tomorrow, I'm just gonna leave it and I'll make you something for infection. And Perrin tells Rain that he should move to the True Rivers for safety, but they refuse. Well, he he later puts it up for a vote with all the people too, yeah, and they're just like, to no. show that he's not. <laughs> forcing them to their death I guess yeah. and then they're all like go to a city? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no! Because parents like come on like you gotta come to Emmons Field and he's like okay guys parent thinks we should go to Emmons Field are you down? And literally everyone's like no. <laughs> Any votes for? No. Nobody. Yeah. No thank you. <laughs> Zero votes to go to Emmons Field but they do help the wounded and parents crew so they're helping him they're patching everybody else and like feeding them and they lift their spirits. Yeah and then we have this combo between Fail and Karen, so quick, quick side note. So we have another discussion about the song and a reminder of that, which mm-hmm. is I, like, again, we want to be reminded that like the song is very important. That's just what I'm getting from this. Over the it's just like, the hey, remember, they have a song that they'll know <laughs> when they hear it. <laughs> That's what I was being beaten over the head with that. But they have some great... I just love the way the Tinkers talk about some of the stuff is just so poetic and great. So what will be will be all things die in their time, perhaps even the song. And then also they say something about you can't win every battle. Arthur Hawkwing didn't even win every battle. And then Perrin says, (laughs) Arthur Hawkwing... I'm certainly not Arter Hawkwing, am I? And I just had this just like flagged. <laughs> I was like, if no, that's, no, no, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's not a. I felt like it was like one of those jokes in a sitcom where somebody's like, I'm not that, and the audience knows that they are, and they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have bad news for you. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so 
Fael and yeah. Perrin. Fael and My Perrin favorite are... couple to watch interact. <laughs> so before they get into the Tinker's wagon, one of them asks Perrin if Elias is there. And he says, no, he hasn't seen him in a long time. And then when they're in the wagon, Aram shows up. And he's like, is Egwene with you? And Perrin is like, no, leave me alone. I hate you. He's like, Egwene's eyes to die now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and she'll so rip she your heart out. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> Can't use one power as a weapon, but all right. And Aram mentions something about running with wolves or something like that because he sees Perrin's eyes. And then as he leaves, Fayil's like, okay, that's two times people have mentioned wolves with you. Like, what? what's up with the wolves? Tell me. And, or sorry, she, she tells him something about her father first. And Perrin is like, who are you? <laughs> Who's your dad? Well, so she also, daddy? again, she has some great lines. Perrin, my father says a general can take care of the living or weep for the dead, but he cannot mm-hmm. do both. Which I was like, lessons Perrin needs to learn. <laughs> yeah, Perrin is really shaken up about how 27 and of the he's guys like, got killed. But I don't want to fight the Trollocs and the White Cloaks for noble reasons. I'm a bad guy. And I was like, all right. <laughs> just like, also, just exhausting conversations to have with men trying to convince them that they're not bad Ugh. people like thank you I don't want really that. really really doesn't want to lead anyone yeah. he really doesn't want to he's not a good leader he can never lead anybody he should never be leading people yeah and she says do you think the Trollocs will go away because you decide your motives are not pure enough are they any less vile do you need a pure reason to fight them than what they are another thing my father says the worst sin a general can commit worse than blundering worse than losing worse than anything is to desert the men who depend on him Mm-hmm. he's basically like I don't deserve to be here and she's like hey who's gonna take it up then who's like, gonna take it up it buddy everyone's just gonna die cool yeah so this is where Fayil tells him basically she's the the cousin to the queen of Saldea and she ran away because the confines of being rich were just too much for her well her her two older brothers <laughs> she didn't like being a died noble. so now she's gotta yeah. be she's gotta handle the accounts and stuff for the for the family yeah. she doesn't like she's doing like in the bookkeeping she's like I didn't estate. want to do this and her little brother got to go on an adventure and she was like yeah. okay hello I want like, to hello. adventure I also thirst for adventure so she ran away and she's been learning knife work and fighting with one of her bodyguards basically who her dad had put um, as like her foot soldier whatever so she knows how to fight and she knows a lot of things because she's a nobleman's daughter so she's has like similar experience to like Elaine with the whole like running mm-hmm. estate type situation and Perrin is like taken aback <laughs> at this he says how did you ever come to like a common blacksmith and she says the word is love <laughs> hello parents he's just confused because <laughs> he, he's like love wait, equal confusion wait communication yeah. saying what you mean and then what this is when she's like okay you know i told you my secret now tell me what the wolf situation is and he's like i can't tell her and then he's like wait a minute she did just <laughs> tell me a secret so i guess i should tell her so he tells her about all of the different like his wolf powers and running with wolves and elias machira and all this stuff and then he's like surprised when she's like okay <laughs> he's cool. like no i'm a monster don't look at me <laughs> she's like can you just tell my mom that you're like the king of wolves because like she wanted me to marry like a king so yeah she's like and nobody will <laughs> yeah. dispute your claim so like i think you can do that 
<laughs> He's so confused. Yeah, Why mother, is she like this? Mother always wanted me to marry a king who splits Trollocs in two with one stroke of his sword. I suppose your act will <laughs> suffice. But do you suppose we can tell you're the king of wolves? <laughs> I like that. And parents like, okay. And then she she tricks him into she and like, drugs him. Yeah. Well, yeah. She does do that. So this moment. Wait, wait. Before wait. before she does this, he says something about like, uh oh, I'm scared to meet your parents because if this is what you like do in Saldea, I'm terrified. So that should be interesting when we inevitably Ooh. come across her parents. So this whole scene, and I didn't get tricked this time because I learned Jordan's ways and not to trust him. But it was like one of those moments where I was like, oh my god. Like, I would have been like, oh, my God, growth, you know, like amazing things. Like, they're both growing as people. They're growing as a couple. Like, I can maybe forgive their past transgressions. And then after he has said no to this drug that will make him sleep she just drugs him yeah, she just tricks him into not it. okay yeah he has the misogynistic thought that he was like medicine always tastes so gross i bet when women take their own medicine <laughs> it tastes better because I, like, I bet they're just this line of thinking it's like <laughs> to suffer <laughs> wow i i bet women make our medicine taste even worse like and it's like women's medicine probably tastes better like no parent nobody's done this i I... Maybe women just like don't complain about Listen, it. Listen, he take still didn't deserve to be drugged against his will. No. I'm not going to say that, but he almost deserved to get drugged against his will because he immediately was like, "This tastes so bad. I bet you yours would taste better." <laughs> Outside of their toxicity, they would be such a great couple. Because then she's like, "Sleep, my wolf king, sleep." And I was like, "That's cute." Yeah. Unfortunately, you drugged him. <laughs> you got him to go. And sleep. I don't like that. <laughs> If you took out 90% of their relationship, then they could be really cute. But you just leave yeah. some of the cute lines in. Throw back to me being like, I need more Len and Nynaeve. I le- no, I don't trust you. <laughs> Actually, you could just leave it alone. I want none of it because it's perfect right now yeah. and you will ruin it. Yeah. So Perrin has a wolf dream and this is where in he... In which he is consumed by the thought of Fael throughout the entire thing. <laughs> Yes. He's like, wait, she's cousin to a queen? What the hell? <laughs> it turns into like questionably a sex dream at the end too. Or questionably? <laughs> I guess not really at all because he, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty clear what it is. <laughs> but at first. The soft grass. <laughs> He lays her uh, down. Yes. Lays her down in the grass. Perrin discovers that the Manethrin Waygate is open, and this is stressful because this means like Trollocs are just pouring into the two yeah. rivers. So someone's gone up there, opened the gate from the outside, and let all these Trollocs in. And then he has like a battle talk with Slayer, who reminds him of Lan. Where have you heard that before? And in case you guys don't know, the Slayer reminds us of Lan <laughs> because that is his last kin. And Perrin's like, he has no family left. He's the last Malkiri. I'm like, that's wrong, Baron. That's wrong. Yep. So sorry, bud. You should have actually looked at Taylor's sorry, notes. Sorry, Perrin. She had it all written you down. Should have asked you remember? Me, but you couldn't because I was a woman and I wouldn't know anything. So I couldn't I couldn't be trusted. That's you wouldn't true. trust this you. You'd be true. trying to trick him. Like, you witch? What do you mean? You know that. <laughs> not to be trusted. He ends up jumping out of this dream to get away from Slayer because he's like worried that he's getting led into an ambush and then this is where he because he can't leave the dream because he's been drugged he just jumps into a dream with Fael and she's nipping her leg. I I don't have the line flag because I was just but he's like she's nipping with her white teeth her small (laughs) small white teeth and I was like the amount of detail in this was unnecessary. Nipped his beard with small 
white teeth. This okay. <laughs> I have like you. a sensory issue with hair. This makes me want to like throw up. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> you don't like it when there's just like beard hair in your mouth. Like it's between her teeth. She's flossing with that. I actually might have made Taylor vomit. Stop! 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 Taylor! Stop it! No, I didn't need that. Stop! I hate that. Quit it. No. So yeah, that was visceral, and I did not like it. Oh, gross! Laughing, he scooped Fail up in his arms and carried her into the shadows where the grass was soft, beautiful, too black. He wakes up in a panic because the way gate is open, and he's like, "I gotta go close it. I gotta go." Narratively, no. He just had a sex dream. He should not be waking up in panic. Jordan, come on. It should be like a slow wake up. Yeah. But considering he has the arrow in his side, Fahil's like, absolutely no dice. And uh, when they get out, Perrin learns he missed out on the Tuathon sexy dance. So Fahil says, don't worry. I've got a better sexy dance for you. This? (laughs) I actually thought this was just hilarious. Like, this was so funny because she just, like, says it. And then she's like, mm, maybe I should have said that. <laughs> I, I, I was there and, like, gasps. She's like, <gasps> cool. The Cesara. <laughs> and when he brings it up later. Yeah, like, they're all getting ready to leave and they're heading off. And everybody's hugging everybody goodbye. And parents yeah, so watching. so in between this, too. So she's got, like, you've got, like, this, like, kind of cute moment where, like. They're flirting a little. It's a little. I'll do yeah, a sexy dance. Yeah, she's she's teasing and he's him and like, flirting and wait, I can't process this information right now. Like, <laughs> confusion. I have to put this back. No, no, I don't think he felt confusion in this moment. I think he like, actually I can't was, think about this right this second. He was it was a little too clear. <laughs> he the, just the, had the dream. The image was a little too clear. He literally says, "If this Sasara, 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 Sasara." Okay, yeah, it was the inflections Sasara. wrong. Yeah, set the heart pounding any harder than the tinker's woman swaying hip rolling dance. He definitely wants would like to see Fayil dance it he carefully did not look at her <laughs> and I was like that is like legit like that's just like super funny I also think it's funny because like <laughs> that would have been something I would have <laughs> <in the moment>. like, <laughs> like it's a it's a nice moment of flirting and then he's like I hope yeah. this man breaks her as they're getting ready to say goodbye uh, Fael is getting she's getting a lot of hugs from these men and some of them they're getting a little too excited and so parents not getting enough hugs because Fael's there and she's like scaring all the young women off so he's upset about that yeah so they're hugging her really tightly and he thinks wow if she were to break her ribs it would be like it would be it what would she deserved Fael right if one of those fellows cracked a rib for her there are so many things wrong what? with this situation <laughs> For one, the fact <laughs> the fact that he's like blaming her for the men hugging her too hard and then he's like she deserves to get her ribs cracked because he's not getting enough hugs and like what she's enjoying this situation it, it just also why like, no like, why just, we're, we're just really no. quickly I don't know so like if I was out with my partner and I like there was like this situation going on and right before that I'd been like straight up flirting with him and he noticed that a lot of guys were hugging me yeah and likely making her uncomfortable likely for making, hugging her really I hard. would not have to give it a look 
for him to be like, hey, like, do you want me to like do something? <laughs> like yeah. intervene? Like stop this? Like, are you uncomfy? Like there would be a legit like moment there. And his first thought isn't, oh, I maybe she's her. uncomfortable. Maybe this is like unwanted advances. Like maybe I should like step in or maybe I can look really fierce. So like scare off some of the guys or something which like also would have been a totally parent with will and luke (laughs) like he couldn't have touched his axe i don't know like instead he's like i hope they cause her physical painful harm why what it just like it just like completely cuts the scene before where it was kind of cute and then the the scene scene right after after, again would be cute but if you forget that 30 seconds earlier, he was like, I hope someone breaks her ribs and makes her like uncomfortable because I'm not getting enough hugs. Not even why? Like, not even like bruised. like cracked, like, oh, like literally cracks like, them. Crack a rib like that. That's like also like a dangerous injury. Yeah. Broken ribs are not like yeah, a good messed time. Up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. It, like because the line he says to her, they move on and then they're talking about the dances and. I, I do have something before that, if oh, you want ahead. it. So we have just piecemealed a prayer together, by the way. So in church, which <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Religion in Catholic with church, peace be with you and also with you is something like you do during church mm. and you shake hands. And that's like a thing. When they're leaving, parent says, peace be on you always and on all people. And so one of the prayers... Um, glory be is glory be to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we have, as it once was, so shall it be again, world without end. Wow. So just, <laughs> just right, right there. there. Just right there. And peace be on you makes me think of peace be on your sword or whatever the Shinarans were saying. To yeah. But so he goes, peace be on you, Perrin. And then Perrin says, and on you. And I was just like, this is just very, this is just very prayer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, sorry, I just needed to do that. I can't remember exactly what the line is, that, like what they're talking about, but they're still talking about the dances. And she says something like, in Saldea, you know, men have given up like their fortunes and I have it flagged lands if you want here. When women dance the Sasara. And he's like. Yeah. So he, he's like, we're alone now. So I'm going to tease her about this, which also cute. You know what? Like, I'm actually like 100%. Everything else subtracted from if their three seconds earlier, he would not been wishing that she would get her ribs yeah, broken. If she hadn't drugged him, if he hadn't tried to strangle her, like, if, like, if, so unnecessary. like, there's so much stuff that you have to take out before I'm okay with this. But if we ignore all of that, he goes, I miss the Taganza. Like, I miss the dance. Like, mm-hmm. that sucks. And she's like, basically, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. she says something to that effect. And then, He says, but I won't have to be sorry that I missed it, right? Because you promised to dance this other dance for me. And her face goes red, which is unfair. (laughs) And he's like, is it anything close to the Tignanza? I mean, there is no point otherwise. (laughs) And she's like, how dare you? First (laughs) off, men have thrown their hearts and fortune at the feet of women who dance this. If mother suspected, I knew it. And she's just like bright red. And he goes, and this is really sweet then there isn't any reason for you to dance it he said quietly my heart and fortune such as they are already lie at your feet it's like so cute so cute could be so cute except that it's parent it's (laughs) one line out of so much toxicity i'm like why why it's so cute why couldn't this be the relationship why couldn't we have had this version this version of the relationship the my falcon 
my wolf, my wolf king, king my like all this beautiful stuff you could have still had him try to leave her and it not be violent mm-hmm. you still could have had like 90 percent of the stuff the same and just not have it be as aggressive as, as aggressive there could be like way more conversation she could have convinced him to take the sleeping tonic to help him like all this stuff he also could like recognize her as like like can hold her own in battle yeah, like, and like protects his so back like much, that kind of thing is like great there's so much that could be just like ah oh, just so perfect and the fact that i like a little bit swooned at this line in spite of everything else jordan really could have made this such a cool series with so many cool stories of love yeah there could have been a lot more and instead he was like what if they just beat each other up that would be so awesome (laughs) that'll make this even cuter naturally all right so they say goodbye to the tinkers and they head to emmons field which is where they find it fortified against attacks and a red wolf banner hanging above and it turns out perrin is a local legend just like the song golden eyes golden <laughs> eyes on the way from the tuathon camp to emmons field the guys start like singing yes for funsies the moment that happened i was like emmons field is gone like this this village has been burned yeah, to no, the ground same, it was same. giving that one jarring scene in mulan when they're singing a girl worth yeah. fighting for and then come upon the wreckage mm-hmm. of the war and like the little girl's like doll i was so ready for that <laughs> Tay, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, when you were talking about them like starting singing and like walking towards I thought you were gonna reference I thought you were gonna reference that scene in Camp Rock with <laughs> singing at the oh, Camp Rock. Camp Rock. <laughs> I thought that's what you were gonna say. It was like <laughs> I wish that's what I, yeah, no, thought. I had the same I had the same Mulan connection there. I was like, oh, they're going to sing and then it's just going to be devastated. Like, it's going to be gone. But it wasn't. That would have been like actually brutal and like big stakes if it was just like. Interesting. Brutal and big stakes. Like a good (laughs) plot point. (laughs) Instead, Emmonsfield is just being fortified. Well, instead, we get to see the first girl that Perrin ever kissed. She was mentioned in the prologue. Still pleasingly. (laughs) Pleasingly plump. Pleasingly plump. Why? The alliteration there is really not for me. <laughs> Celia Cole was the one who was making eyes at Perrin. And then Egwene's sister was like, you're looking at him like Celia does. And Egwene was like, no, I'm not. What? <laughs> Turns out, yeah. So they get back. And uh, even though Perrin is a local legend, it does not stop him from needing eyes to die healing because he literally has an arrow through his side that he has just conveniently forgotten about, or at least trying to ignore. And Yeah, and then he starts like hallucinating randomly. And I was like, I just also love how people can hold their, 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 <laughs> their fever <laughs> off for a while. fever off until it's plot convenient for them to <laughs> fall apart. He's also like, as they come back in, like people are calling for their family members who might have died or like people they're seeing and like he is not handling it well like which that is fair feels completely responsible for the fact that 27 of them died because he was like this was my mistake i went into it like too headstrong and basically lost everybody like lost this battle for us and this causes like fail's just like let's go inside like you you were a wounded and like you need to yeah you need to have like a moment so point for healthy relationship 
If only it wasn't do, these two. Do we need that's what we need the whiteboard for a tally of <laughs> that's if what this we, yeah, is toxic right. or healthy. Okay, so we had forty-seven moments of toxicity, <laughs> three and moments three of moments of healthy relationship and communication. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's a toxic relationship. Yeah. And now he's hanging out in the inn, which has become an armory. And uh, he tells all the boys, like the young boys that are just so naive and just silly and dumb. He just tells them all his, like about his adventures, but like yeah. the censored version because he doesn't want to scare them, I guess. Which is funny because that's not what Perrin would have done. <laughs> and, and he lets them know, like, listen, adventuring, it's not that great. You are hungry all the time. And most of it is trying to find a place to sleep. Like, it, you don't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, again, sure, Jan, better than milking cows. Yes, where Loyal is. And Loyal is out chopping down trees around the village to kind of leave a, an open space to see space. oncoming attacks. And he is... I really am imagined him just doing this while sobbing uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah people are like saying that he they're like oh it seems like each of the trees he chops down is like a friend like he's killing his brothers he's <laughs> like, not enjoying okay. himself so he's he's upset and he's still chopping the most down <laughs> yeah three to everyone's one so Perrin is like passing out but before like loyal shows up and he's very surprised to see loyal with an axe with a long handle um, which means he's hasty. And before he passes out, he tells Loyal about the Waygate and like that it's open. And Loyal thinks that it's his fault. And Perrin also thinks it's his fault. Like everybody's just like, no, this is my fault. I got to deal with it. I did it. And then Alana shows up and is like, here it we go. She doesn't extort healing. She just <laughs> no, heals him. She heals him. How boring. <laughs> yeah. How simple. <laughs> when he wakes up. He finds out that Loyal and Gaul have gone to seal the Waygate, and he's like, I gotta go after them. And Fahil's like, okay, calm down. You just woke up from being seriously injured and seriously healed. He's like, try to get on your horse. Yeah. I like, dare please you. Please try and like stand up and walk to the door. And like, he can't do that by himself. He has outside anyways, at least. And then they're alerted to a pack of Trollocs approaching the town, which again, this whole scene with the Trollocs and like them fighting, it was just like, so, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be simple because they're just testing the defenses. But I was like, this is, this was which easy. They comment on they're like that that was too easy too easy yeah so Perrin watches because he's kind of helpless and he's like sort of giving insight to some of the people like organizing the fight like Tam they managed to fight off the Trollocs with archers and catapults that for some reason the warders know how to make and then after this battle you know they mention like that seemed too easy this shouldn't have been as simple as them just coming in and all dying basically and then we end with Perrin hearing shouts from the other side of town and that is the end of chapter 44 Ta-da! Ta you couldn't have left me on a less interesting cliffhanger like if it was any other character i might have been like oh yeah you're crazy just like, yeah. i was like all right Perrin, <laughs> like that's too bad <laughs> cool okay <laughs> all right well, how are we feeling like you don't want to hear any more about Perrin? <sighs> Parent who? <laughs> no, more parent. <laughs> I want more Fayil. I want Fayil. Yeah. I, I just I want her to get a better I boyfriend. I just want more Fayil. I want her to get a better perspective life is what I want for Fayil. <laughs> yeah, they really are a toxic mess. <laughs> yeah. And they're gonna last. They are going to last. Just because you want it to end. Just because I want just better for, her. for all the young women to get to read about a relationship that is toxic and continues and is like the most successful relationship in the whole book and be like, that's that's what I'm looking for. Great. 
<laughs> Naturally. Yay. Ooh. True love. <laughs> True love. <laughs> All right. Well, I have some trivia for you two that I made up. <laughs> I'm not going to check my notes. I'm going to do this all. all right. My notes are gone. All rapid fire. Okay. Some I I feel like they start out pretty easy and then they like get harder the more I I can't wait for you to say that and then me not get the first one. <laughs> like this is I'm giving you a real softball oh here. Just just lobbing <laughs> it for you. And we're like, "Oh." <laughs> oh okay. All right, and if anybody's listening, you know, let us know how you did. How you did. Let us know how many you got right. Okay, number one. When did The Eye of the World come out? Oh, God. Like, what year? Oh. 1990. I wasn't ready for that. Maybe this 1992. 1992. 1991? Okay, both wrong. It was 1990. Yeah. But close. Should have just it. stopped after 90. <laughs> we were both so close. What is the name of the horse from Rand and Tan's farm? Bella. With it's, one L. It's Bella. How do you pronounce Iggy's name? <laughs> Egwin? Egwin? I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I did it wrong. Egwene. There you go. And uh, how do you spell it without looking? <laughs> E-G-W-E-N-E. There you go. Okay, perfect. The Two Rivers is a part of what province? Andor. Kingdom. But that's just lines yes, on a yeah. map. I thought you were asking for like more of a specific province and that's where I panicked. That was the entire <laughs> I knew Andor. I was like, what is the smaller version of this? <laughs> this is, I guess, not really a trivia question, but I am curious. How many uh, How many Forsaken can you name oh. currently? Ishmael, Lanfear, Sam... Samael. 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 You can name it, but can't say the name. Like, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I can see some of them, and I have no idea how to say them. <laughs> there's, like, a, there's a list there. Bilal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about the ones from that we've already dealt with. <laughs> Agenor. Yeah. What was Leatherface's? <laughs> <laughs> the one, the first one that died. I can't remember his name. Here, here's what I read in my head when I saw that one's name. I'm pretty sure it was just eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I heard <laughs> in my head. <laughs> didn't it start with an A? Started with a B. Oh, see, I didn't even the remember other that. Agenor started with an A. He's the second one who Agenor. died. Agenor. We'll pretend mm-hmm. that's what I was talking about. Uh, Belthalmel is the mm-hmm. one you're thinking of. Bilal, Belthalmel, there's so many. They sound like very religious names. All right, yeah, that, that makes sense. They do. Maybe I'm Definitely. just thinking of Bethlehem. Although I don't with Lanfear. Lanfear isn't. I did. I mean, like Samael and Ishmael. Like a lot of them. Like I didn't recognize Lanfear. All the other ones, I think, are. But I don't. I don't necessarily know like the story. Mm. So, but that was five. So, all right, that's a thing. Five. You yeah, did good. Five okay. thirteen. I, mean, I think that's all, all the ones we've like been mentioned. I don't even think they've. Yeah, mentioned we haven't gotten everyone's no. name. So, like, I think Tay. If you look at the glossary, which I did look at at one point, they do list them all. So I do theoretically. I think Mogadin has also uh, been mentioned yeah. um, by Lanfear or Mogadian, depending on which audiobook you listen oh, to. Oh, that's <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah, it halfway through. I think it's. I can't remember exactly what book it is, but it starts out as Mogadin. And then it switches to Mogidian. It's like advertisement and advertisement. I don't want mm. the difference there. Okay, anyways, question. <laughs> next question. What is Nynaeve's last name? Almira. There you go. Good for you, Tay. What about <laughs> Elias's last name? Manchera. All right. Manchera, yeah. Good job. I pay zero attention to last names. <laughs> 
What did Aram gift to Egwene when they met in book one when she left? Ooh, a flower. <laughs> it was not a flower. Although she might have given him, he might have given her a flower. I can't remember. He does give her a gift specifically. I cannot remember. Oh, God. Final answer: a string of blue beads because she's fingering it as they're writing. Oh. What is Rand's favorite book, or at least it's a book that's been mentioned? A few I times. don't remember the name of it, but I have it flagged a million times. Adventures of Jane Farstrider. The travels of Jane Farstrider. But hey, and that memory. What is Lan's title that you know of currently? It's like Can you twelve any pages of them? long. <laughs> Alan Mandragoran, King of Malkiri. Some, 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 some. <laughs> it is long. Yeah, it, it, there's quite a few. They call him Lord of the Seven Towers, Lord of the Lakes, True Blade of Malkier, Golden Crane, Dyshine, all those things. There's a few more. But oh, you God, there's that. more? That's a lot of words for hot sword daddy. <laughs> Lance's title is sword daddy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you, you go. Why didn't I don't you know what one? you just said, but <laughs> I have news for you. Oh, here's another good one for you. What's, uh, what's Rand's favorite drink? Milk. Milk. <laughs> yes, the milk slander. What is Perrin's wolf name? Oh, 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 Young Bull. Young Bull. Boom. I knew that one. <laughs> what is the name of the swordsmaster teacher that let Matt fight Galad and Gawain back in the White Tower? Oh, yeah. Good, Good job. Look at you. I remember it because it was weird. <laughs> Why is his name Hammer? Plus, there was a lot of talk in that book about hammers. Hammers versus axes and it was a lot there you go how much did matt win from them each five two was it five each two marks each i want to say five each it was two marks two silver oh, marks it was each. i overdid it <laughs> too much i mean all together it was four so you were close there. i was closer what is naive particularly good at unrelated to channeling being mad unrelated to channeling have mm -hmm. we tugging her braid came up a lot in book one <laughs> i want to say just convincing tracking she's really good oh, at tracking, tracking. yes tracking tracking that has never come <laughs> up again that was such an interesting part of her character that has not been talked about for three books she should be so good at finding the black aja in tanjiko she's such a good tracker yeah, she should actually. That is she a good should. Point. This there is was like, a point. What plot hole? This is so plot hole. I think Egwene mentions it in book three as like a like a it's dig. a snide mark. Yeah, it's remark, like a, yeah, sure. it is a snide comment. What did Fayil originally call herself when we met her in book three? I don't know. I wrote that, that off immediately. I never even said at. it. Mandarb, the same name as Lan's horse. Mandarb. Yeah. Oh, and then her real name is Zareen. Yes. I thought you meant her like actual name. Oh, my next question was going to be, what's her actual name? Yeah. It is Zareen. Which is given to like ladies who are going to be like beautiful. And Perrin can't even believe that this that such an <laughs> ugly girl he, was he named thought that. she wasn't beautiful. Yeah. In this book, she's been called beautiful by like a whole bunch of people. They're like, oh, you're a really pretty girl. Isla, I think, says it. I'm like, wasn't she ugly? Well, because now she's loved. The love of a man so made her pretty. When you have love. I think Jordan forgot he described her as ugly. <laughs> I think that's what happened. He was like, she's a main character. Now she's beautiful, obviously. <laughs> what else she would she be, be for? Everybody's hot in this book. Which new shadow spawn do we see in the first time in book three? There's like a, a new type. What do we get in book three? Oh, the, yeah, the... Dark Hound. The doggies. No, the... That wasn't um, the one no. I was thinking of, but that the, is true. The Greyman. Oh. 
Yeah, the gray men is like the first one, I guess. We had both correct answers. Yeah, yeah. there was two answers and two of us. They were different. <laughs> what was the tearing reel that trapped Fayil but was meant to trap Moraine uh, shaped like? A woman? A hedgehog. And it was made of wood. Oh. Hedgehog. Yes, it I was. took a shot in the dark. <laughs> what was the name of the child that Egwene had when she went through the first archway? Joya. Yeah. What? I literally only know that one because there's like another character yeah, named Joya, the Joya. And then yeah. Egwene's just uncomfy all the time. Ew, that was my dream baby's name. What do you mean? <laughs> Why <laughs> do you have baby. it? Give it back. Gross. <laughs> what strand of power is Egwene particularly strong in because Earth. of her time with the Shanchen? Mm-hmm. Earth. Good call. How many sisters does Egwene have? Five or four. 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 What? Where did you pull that from? The prologue. Ravens, the very first one. The, the prologue. Of the whole series. The prologue, Taylor. <laughs> the first The yeah. prologue. Do you know how much I've forgotten about the prologue? <laughs> I barely, I thought about that the other day. I was like, wow, there was two prologues to the first book, and I don't really remember The oldest <laughs> sister's husband and baby died, and so she would baby Egwene, and Egwene hated you that. in insane person and then the other one she like went and talked to her sisters in that prologue yeah she talked to one of them <laughs> the only time ever and she like said something about like just because she has her hair braided doesn't mean you're less valuable because yours isn't and her sister's like literally shut up Egwene. <laughs> like get out of here <laughs> <laughs> get away from me <laughs> Okay, what would you give for fatigue according to Nynaeve and Mother Gwenna? Oh, uh, God. These aren't even real plants. I just want to screw with you with this one. Well, I could tell you what you're going to give a woman for labor. That's nothing. You're going to give her a good (laughs) pat on the back and say, push it out, sweetie. You're fine. Get on with it. (laughs) Maybe a little cloth. (laughs) You don't need any medicine whatsoever. Words of encouragement. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you. That's not what's needed. That's what <laughs> what's what got you smacked in some delivery rooms. As someone who has given birth, it's it's painful. <laughs> you don't immediately forget it as soon as you hold your child. Oh no, you definitely still remember. It's <laughs> <laughs> another fun little mm-hmm, lie that's mm-hmm. told. <laughs> <laughs> you forget about it right away, maybe years later, but uh okay, for fatigue you give flatwort tea or andale root. Those are the two. Obviously. Yeah. Didn't you, I was didn't just you remember not that? saying it that throwback? so that Tay didn't feel bad. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem. What are the names of the wolves that Perrin first meets when- Hopper. Dapple. <laughs> there's four of them. Hopper, Dapple. There's two others. What was that gruff boy one? Gruff boy. <laughs> Howler. <laughs> Barker. <laughs> Tail wag. <laughs> <laughs> Spot. <laughs> oh, Spot. Sorry. I, we went the opposite way with our typical dog names. It wasn't Spot. I promise. <laughs> I can't remember. All right. We got Dapple, Hopper, Burn, and Wind <sighs> with the other two. Yeah. I feel like the other two are made up. Yeah, well, they like disappear immediately. So I know they're all made up, but those ones feel extra made up. <laughs> all right. And that is all for my that is all? quiz. That's it. That's all. Tay, you got pretty much most of them, except for the one that I was like, this is a little bit too much. Mm, and this is a little unhinged, be a question, actually. but I just went for it. <laughs> I wish that I like knew that answer because I think that would have been funny. 
but that would do you funny. i feel like you have more important information to store in your brain taylor it's okay if i just didn't store any of the misogyny i would have all the room for all the plants so much room if you didn't store the misogyny you would be doing a disservice to all the readers <laughs> This is our duty. It is. Duty is duty is as heavy as a mountain. Death is lighter than a feather. <laughs> if it wasn't duty in the is book. heavy as a mountain. <laughs> if it wasn't in the book, that would be the ideal situation. I mean, then it would be like a seven book series. I wonder what the word count would actually be. <laughs> they would also be at least they would be at least 150 pages shorter. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Like if we took out all the misogyny and like the things leading up to the misogyny that had to be there only because of the misogyny, 150 pages. We could already be on the next book. <laughs> we could already be on book five or six, yeah. All right. MVT, LVT, ranking list. Give it to me. Eventually we can include Avienda on here too. I don't know if you want to put her on there. I feel Are like Are you telling me to put her on there? I don't know. Do you think she's enough going on yet? Well, you just said eventually you can include her. So like you kind of gave away that we're going to include her at yeah, one I mean, point. She becomes more of a prominent, less of a side background character. Might as well add her. Okay. Well, I have Min paused. So she's just like sitting 12th, I guess. She didn't do anything this time. 11th Tom for just slapping a drunk girl. <laughs> yeah. That was his main action this time around. 10th Perrin, he was better than the last section, but that's not saying much. Instead of actively choking Fail, he just like thinks it in his head, I guess. <laughs> it's better. It's improvement. <laughs> he just hopes someone else will do it. Right, yeah. In ninth, I have Elaine. She is okay. I just really liked her at the beginning. And then now she she really is not a girl's girl. She's just a big slut shamer. Yeah, I was like, I feel like you're trying to avoid saying it, but it's just right there. I, yeah, <laughs> that's what she does. Yeah. In eighth, Matt, he's doing a few things, talking a bit too much. He's not He's not bad. He's just... He got a cool new hat. Matt with it's his hat. Now. Yeah, if he didn't just spill the beans on Roydian, I think that would be better. But say la vie, I couldn't really trust him to hold that in. He, he's good, though. I don't not like Matt. Six, Egwene. You know what? Nah, it's fine. I was going to switch her and Matt right there, but she's she's fine. She should listen to Emise. Did you miss Emise? eighth? Did I? I feel like you said oh, eighth I did. Matt. Okay. And you- yeah, and then you yeah, jumped no, to six. That's just me having messy notes. I also have 12 people on my list. You yeah, but I paused Min, she but then I have to slot him. in Avienda. Oh, I put, yeah, okay. Because I, yeah. So put her in seventh. <laughs> yeah, she's that's what's throwing this whole numbers thing off. So I guess Min's 13, Tom's 12, Perrin 11, Elaine 10, Matt 9, Egwene 8. <laughs> I'm going to say Avienda 7. She's really trying to be a hype girl, but it's not working for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel bad for her having to deal with Rand when she hates him that much. I kind of I miss her being a maiden of the spear, though. I liked her having a weapon. But she's a woman. <laughs> and she has a duty. Six, Fail. I like Fail. She's just in a messy situationship, and I wish she w- could get out of it. But that's we don't think that's going to happen. Fifth. Rand, which is pretty high for Rand, but 
I do like that he's kind of just accepted his lot in life here and he's just he's rolling with the punches. He's like, let's get her done. Fourth, Moraine. I want to keep her high because I'm scared she won't be here very long. <laughs> she's gotta she's gotta get in those, she's gotta like, get those high points while while she can. Uh, yeah, she's she didn't do a whole lot here. She's kinda in the background, but chilling. Third, Nynaeve. She also didn't do a whole lot besides dunking Elaine's head in a bucket and doing a little bit of like, oh, I got disguises. But she's she's fine. She's good. Second Lan. I felt really bad for him when Moraine wasn't there. And number one, loyal, because he's the only one without extreme flaws so far. And he's putting a long handle on his axe. He's hasty boy. Hasty. He's protecting protecting the two rivers. Orange Diamond's field, I guess. Right. I got 12 Tom for reasons that Tay said. 11 Perrin for reasons that are very obvious. If you miss <laughs> them, go back and listen to what I said this whole podcast. Matt, I have in 10th. I, the colonizer vibes turned me off a little bit too much. Also, I don't know. He's not doing anything at the same time. And I have less forgiveness for him not doing anything because he's he just... A he's, book and a half doing nothing. <laughs> he spent a book and a half doing nothing, and he spent the first half of this book being like, oh my god, an ankle. <laughs> and this one, he was also Scandalous. like, oh my god, I want to steal this woman away from this other person. So her I'm going to do that. Her heart-shaped face. Yeah, so pretty. Uh, nine, I have Elaine, because why Why you gotta shame your mom like that? Feels a little weird. Your mom not like you're making out with Rand in corners of the castle. Maybe you understand a little bit. I'm like, there's this weird energy <laughs> with you and Tom, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'm uncomfy. Eight, Rand. I actually found him less likable in this section. I just think he sat there the whole time being like, Moraine isn't here. She's planning something. Obviously, she's not on the brink of death. Avienda's so annoying. <laughs> I like. I was just they like, spent a week without water, but they're probably trying. But to if they me. could leave me alone, that would be much better. Like I was just like, <laughs> stop talking. I'm done with you. I have Fael in seventh. I feel like she could be easily like top three if she was not in her <laughs> relationship with Baron. I could have bumped her up so high too, and then she drugged him, and I was like, I just can't. I just can't get on board with this. I know it was for his own good, but that's but he also medical <laughs> malpractice. You cannot lie to your patients because it's for their own good. You cannot drug them against their will. Let's I also think give some people like the, some thoughts and controls. The like just going up and healing them. Okay, I don't. I feel like it's happened like once or twice here. I, I like the thing that doesn't annoy me about that is, and I want to be really careful how I say this. Rand has the thought. Of like, oh my God, she's going to heal me. And then she goes up and reaches out and they put their hands on him and they heal him. And then he's like, you shouldn't have done that. And it's just like, he doesn't say it before. He's turned down healing lot. So like, yes, they shouldn't be pushing it on him. Absolutely. I agree. But he's also capable of like, yeah, he's capable of being like, no. And also sometimes he's literally dying. Yeah. And then he's like, don't touch me. And I'm like, you are dying and you're kind of like the fate of the universe Really. <laughs> and also i feel like you also you do want to be healed you just are pissed that it's more rain just argue about it yeah it is a little uncomfy that they just kind of reach out and heal people too but like at least they're not knocking like they're not knocking them unconscious <laughs> 
Like, that situation also could have been really bad for him to not be able to escape the dreamland. Mm -hmm. Like, and yes, he should have shared that information, but, like, still, like, just don't drug people. Yeah. Even if it's, for quote, unquote, for their own good. That's literally abusive behavior. Sixth, I have a Gwen. I feel like I was more like i i appreciate that she's getting called out and i've said this lots about nynaeve like when nynaeve needs to be called out she's called out Gwen's getting called out now that when she needs to get called out whereas the last book she was just kind of getting away with <laughs> yeah they are yelled not they yeah. are not having they're it like girl her. you are a child and if you're gonna act like a child i'm gonna treat you like a child that's literally yeah. what they said to her i have avienda in fifth i actually i know it's cringe like it was a funny moment i laughed avienda just sitting there being like but she's so pretty though and i was like i just i also just want to hold her hand and be like darling we need to have a conversation about sometimes women love women and sometimes men (laughs) love men and that's okay and we can if you have questions it's okay so i i liked her for that plus she was getting kind of abused and i feel bad about that moraine in fourth she's like consistently been in fourth lan in third if he was doing more he would shoot up the list but he really was just panicked which was fine and hot and all that good stuff but like he's still not really integral to what's going on here yeah loyal i have in second for really no other reason other than i have naive in first I like Nynaeve. I like her flaws and all. Loyal is just like a little too much of a plot convenience sometimes. That's and not I his love fault. Him and I want more of him. I know it's not his fault. It's also not Nynaeve's fault that she gets keeps getting trapped in stupid scenarios <laughs> because Jordan's like, I have to have the women trapped. <laughs> you know, like. What should I, they be doing? <laughs> yeah, like, what should they be doing? Obviously, they're captured. He doesn't know what to do with his good characters, I feel like. And so, and I'm kind of okay with him leaving them alone. <laughs> don't want him to ruin them (laughs) but also yeah like loyal's doing a lot in the background and i want more attention on him and if he had more attention on him he'd probably be my first choice all right here we are next up we're finishing this book chapter 45 to the end and we are done done with book four on to the next 10 wow (laughs) (laughs) next 10 just right in a row (laughs) bang 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 All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Queens of Fantasy podcast. If you want to find us on social media, please go check us out on Instagram at Queens of Fantasy Pod. We also have a Discord server where we have conversations about books. We talk about what's going on in this book and we run a lot of other stuff outside of that. So definitely go and check that out. We also have a sister podcast which runs through that Discord. It's called the Book Jar Pod. It is mostly me and my friend Megan, although you will see, you know, some guest appearances from Alex for sure and hopefully Tay a couple more times in the future. So you can check that out on Instagram there and in the Discord server at the Bookjar Pod on Instagram. Otherwise, if you want to come chat with me about anything, you can find me on the Discord server. That's probably actually the best place to reach me. But if you want to follow my personal Instagram, you can at Maddie Dancer. That's with two T's. As I mentioned, you can also follow the Bookjar Pod at the Bookjar Pod. And if you want to just get like a little crazy and talk about video games and stuff like that, go check me out at Crowned Heathen there. Tay, where can the people find you? The people can find me on Instagram at current Tay reading. That's where I am. Where she will be reading. Come see what I'm reading currently. <laughs> <laughs> 
currently. Oh, and Alex, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at a creative al or in the Discord as Alex Sedai. And also, I had a thought that we should tell people to like rate us on Apple, Ooh. Spotify, and you know, leave a review. Yeah, a five star review. Right, we, we had a podcast. thought about. We had a leave thought a about review. it. So if you feel like it, if you leave a really good review, like maybe we'll look at it and read it on the podcast if it's really <laughs> fun, and cute, Ooh. and funny. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> otherwise we thank you so much for listening reading along with us or just you know letting us tell you the plot of this story because these are thorough <laughs> and we will as always see you in the next chapters bye, bye.